So when the timer goes off, when that goes off, um, if you're in the middle of a thought, will you allow us to finish that No, nope, fuck thought? you. Your time's up. Time to okay. move on. Yeah, I, uh, that's what I was curious about. No, no. I, I do want to no, know. You will finish your thought, but we're not going to try to add on to that. So hopefully hopefully it's not a, a hanging question that we all kind of want to jump on. I will totally jump whether the alarm goes off or not. I will hang up on you. On the <laughs> he, he's, he's, and I'll just keep talking because I'm recording still. So Just Fuck just it. like during a political ba- debate should be, Brian has microphone authority <laughs> and, sh- and can just turn our, us off whenever he wants. Yeah, I don't want to be that much of a dick host that I'm just literally cutting you off mid-sentence. Like, <laughs> fuck you, your thought is not important. We are done. But the whole point of this is to try to move us along so we I know, so I'm don't just get hung up on this I'm stuff. Not, I'm not serious. I'm not serious. Calm down. I'm only going to do it like three or four times. Welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Levick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Uh, Mike Bradley. I have nothing this time. <laughs> and Josh Storch. Oh, I'm happy I get to go last. It has been a minute since the movie slut has been here. I'm happy to be back. <laughs> it has been a while. We, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're trying to figure that, be- figure that out beforehand. That's probably two two months at least. Something like that? Yeah. yeah. I think we said you were back for, what, Endgame? I think we had you on? Yeah. Don't course, be fooled, we... though. We have one out there that was recorded prior that Josh was a part of. Do we? Yeah, you put out the Bad Boys 2 scene it after the Oh, that's right. That's, oh, right. that's true. That's true. But yeah, that was recorded true. long before it was put on. Uh... I honestly kind of forgot I had that one in the bag because we hadn't touched it for a while. That's the so. ma- magic of entertainment technology, <laughs> folks. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, seeing behind the curtain here. Um, all right, so let's get the move on on this one. So as we try to do every year this past weekend, San Diego Comic-Con happened. One of the big, if not biggest, geek and pop culture conventions has wrapped itself up. Um, and, you know, as, every time this comes up, they always announce a whole bunch of stuff. So we're left trying to digest what was announced. Um, as we've done in the last couple years, after the show, we try to cover some of the announcements that caught our attention. We're not going to cover everything, just the stuff that we thought might be interesting. Uh, there are some noticeable movie studios that were absent from this year. So Sony, Universal Studio Pictures, uh, Lionsgate, Warner Brothers all decided to skip this year's convention. So if you're wondering why Marvel seemed to dominate headlines all weekend, it's not just because they had a shit ton of stuff to talk about. They also didn't have much competition. Warner Brothers was there basically in a TV capacity. They didn't talk about any of their movies. So we didn't get any any idea what's going on with the, the DC extended universe. But we got a shit ton of stuff of what's going on for Marvel. Um, and if you are a frequent listener to the show, or if you just browse our podcast episodes, you will see that most of them are pretty damn long. So in an effort to keep the show moving, since we tend to go very long, uh, we're going to try to do something a little different this time. We're going to try to keep ourselves on the clock since we have a ton of stuff to go over. 
so I'm going to try to set up each topic. Once we get to throw it out to everybody, we're going to have a 10-minute timer for the topics and see what we can get through and hopefully cover what we need to in that time to try to push things along. So we have I have my timer ready. I have an alarm set. So we you will hear the buzzer if we if we are in the middle of this and we take too long. So this could be fun. It'll be interesting. Um all right, so we're just going to jump right in. I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight things to cover, and then 11 things for Marvel. So we have <laughs> close to 20 things to talk about. So this is going to be jam-packed. If we use all 10 minutes every time, folks, that puts us over three hours. So buckle up. Which is about normal for us. So we'll see if we if we come out of that wire. Uh, all right, kicking us off. So I'm going to start with uh, some Batman Beyond news. So this is coming October 29th, I think I saw. Batman Beyond, which is one of my favorite Batman animated shows right up there with Batman the Animated Series, uh, is finally getting a HD remaster, which will include all 52 episodes of the series, along with the Return of the Joker animated film, which if you haven't seen that, that's a really fucking good movie. Uh, It was reported, though, that I guess only 41 of the 52 episodes will be fully remastered. I guess there were 11 episodes that were too damaged to be able to be remastered, so they were somehow upgraded, but not to the full potential of what the other ones are. Uh, The price points that I've seen for this are on October 16th, you can buy the digital version of this for 50 bucks, or if you want to wait for the physical Blu-ray set, which I think comes with like a Batman Beyond pop figure, kind of like the uh, Batman animated series set came with a pop figure also. Um, that one comes out October 29th, and that will be $100. So, I don't know, just, I guess, for you guys. Did you guys watch this show? Anybody plan on picking this up? <laughs> I, remember, I remember watching the show uh, back in the day, and it, it was a fun show. I uh, particularly liked um, the dynamic between old Bruce Wayne and the new... The new um, Batman Beyond. Yeah, yeah. Thought that was that was pretty fun. Yeah, it works um, as a very good continuation. If you watch Batman the animated series and then watch Batman Beyond afterwards, y- it flows yeah, very nicely it, together. Very nice. Yeah. Um, I'm a little confused as to how the episodes could have been damaged beyond all re- not all repair, but most repair. That that is confusing to me. Yeah, I don't. I didn't read the details. That was just part of the article. Is that they couldn't remaster all episodes because some of them were damaged enough that they couldn't be fully remastered. So I don't know if it's just like the animation cells. I don't know. I don't know how well they, you know what they were stored on, but it's been, of course, I don't know how many years. Twenty years, probably, something like that since the show's been out. So wasn't it ninety five or something like that for Batman Beyond? Oh, or? was it? Okay, so even longer than that. I want to say it was like mid nineties. Hey, I'm not certain on the year exactly, but. I'm pretty sure it's 20 or more. Yeah, so a considerable amount of time. So however they stored these or what, what these were on, it's it could be a little... Same way with film. If you leave film for too long, it's going to degrade and get crappy. So. It's 1999 to 2001. Really? Hmm. Okay. okay. Thank, thank so it was you, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, fig- I kind of figured 95 was probably the animated series. I think that was finishing up... Well, was there was wasn't um, was Brave and the Bold in between there? Brave and the Bold, I think, is a more recent animated show for Batman. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's newer. All right, then I'm full of shit. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Mike, Josh, anything to add? Um, I don't remember watching it. I'm like I, the animated series I watched a lot, but this would be a good way for me to jump in and kind of watch it continuously. Because I would catch random episodes and I'd have no idea what was going on. You know, they, when it was going, they then Amazon or Netflix order things up nice and neat in order so you knew where you were taken off from. And right. uh, that's kind of what kept me away from it. Because by then I actually like cared about continuation and things, whereas when the animated series was running, I was a kid and I was just happy to watch a Batman show. And I didn't uh, follow it as heavily. I'd watch episodes when they were on, but the continuity of it, I'm still completely in the dark on. So I'll probably spend the 50 bucks and watch it digitally. Yeah, you have to report back after you. If you've seen it for the, you know, if you're watching it for the first time, I'd be curious to know what you thought. Will do. Uh, I will borrow yours at some point after you <laughs> get it and, and digest. Uh, probably same with the animated series too. Um, yeah, I kind of bowed out of this stuff for many years. Um, I, I, cause I think I, I had a routine when I was a kid so much that if it wasn't like if it wasn't on between like seven and seven thirty in the morning as I was getting ready for school, and if it wasn't on between like four and five after I got home from school, I didn't really make a point to go look for things. Yeah. Uh, and then that was definitely around the age where I just was into different stuff by that point. Right. Um. So uh, you know, so so many years later, as I've come back around, I've always heard great things about it. So I'd probably give it a shot at some point. Different teen It's okay to say. Yeah, I was man. It's okay, you know. <laughs> oh, just everything. I mean, by that time, it's music and just other things in life. Like, that's what I care to spend my time doing. It's not even like a euphemism for like, uh, you know, wink, wink. I just, <laughs> no, I was definitely not that person. Uh, but, um, yeah, just I, I wasn't like looking for that s- stuff anymore. It was and it was weird because I loved watching the X Men animated series. I loved watching the Batman animated series, and those are both on right. at the same time. So like, I loved that era, um, but I just kind of fell out of things for a long time. It yeah, was honestly, like this... I, I think if I if I had to really look at it, probably Batman Begins. When that movie came out, that's probably the one that pulled me back in, even even more so than the first two X Men movies. That's fair. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think it was around the time they were talking about rebooting Batman for Batman Begins. There was always talk of doing possibly a Batman Beyond movie. And every time they try to reboot Batman in some way, that, that conversation always comes up. And I would fucking love to see a live-action Batman Beyond. I think the, the futuristic part of it... And you have all these Batman actors that are now getting older. You could pick any single one of them to be the older Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Oh, just... Michael Keaton, just let him be the old Bruce Wayne. I mean, just, that's the that's the obvious choice. But even if they just, had like older Christian, say, Bale, yeah, you now have a too. selection. Uh, what do you think, Kilmer or uh, Clooney? I don't want reminded Clooney, of that. I, think I mean, aesthetically, could <laughs> fit the part. I think still. he would be an old Bruce Wayne a lot better than he was a young Bruce Wayne. I think he could, play, but yeah, that's true. I could see that. Well, I was thinking like Val Kimmer almost looks like the most curmudgeon of everybody, which is, <laughs> would fit Bruce Wayne better in that time period. So I could see that happening, too. That's a good point. I feel like Bruce Wayne wouldn't have got fat, though. <laughs> like, I'm a guy that got fat. I feel like Bruce Wayne's not that kind of guy that would do that. <laughs> yeah, but didn't Val Kilmer lose all kinds of weight for, uh, uh, spoiler, we're going to be reviewing uh, Top Gun Maverick. But didn't he lose a lot of weight for that? 
I don't know. We haven't really seen him. I was going to say, he's we not have in not the trailer, so I don't know. <laughs> so I'm not saying he lost enough. I know, but we, just spoiler, we are going to be talking about that later. But <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, the, there's no way to conf- – I, I don't know how to confirm whether or not he has. I haven't seen any recent pictures of him. I wouldn't be surprised I, if he did, but I, I don't think it's gonna be like Family Guys where Porkins is like taking over, you know, like <laughs> the, the X-wing is this flying by, spilling out of the cockpit. <laughs> Cockpits are really small. Tom Cruise fills up that cockpit. Just think of it in those terms. That's true. He's a tiny man. He is. Who could kick my ass in a heartbeat? Petite stature. That's a more politically correct term. Um, yeah, and then, uh, as I mentioned, they they packaged the Return of the Joker film in here just like the Batman set got Mask of the Phantasm, and I think of uh, Mr. Freeze movie. Um, Return of the Joker is actually a really good animated film, so if you haven't seen that, I definitely think that's worth checking out, too. I would definitely see the Mr. Freeze thing. I think that, I don't know why, that villain has always emerged as one of my absolute favorite villains of anybody Mm, okay. you, and I think it's because of like his backstory and his motivations and and whatnot. Um, it's actually more romantic. You I really need to play Arkham City. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if there's a, a Mr. Freeze centric film in, in there, I, I would absolutely sit down for that one. I think it's called Sub Zero, if I remember. Off the, I'd have to look. Yeah. Finish I know it's, I know that's one I haven't Sub- watched. Fantasy. I watched the Phantasm. I didn't watch the, the Mr. Freeze one yet. Scorpion. Get over here. <laughs> You're just going to keep rattling off Mortal Kombat <laughs> characters? You said Sub-Zero. I couldn't help <laughs> I Test your might. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we are very quickly spiraling out of control do, against do, our timer here. I think it might have been this past Tuesday. Hush hit Amazon for back oh. the, the Hush animated movie. Oh, I forgot that was coming. Yeah, nice. yeah I, I started seeing the trailer and stuff so for that. So I will be picking that up because those animators are so damn good and Hush is such a good story to begin they with. Are. That I... Actually, you know which one I did pick up too that I have not... I haven't. I'm, I took it out of the package. I haven't watched I, it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess because I can guarantee I know what it is without... <laughs> you got the Batman Ninja Turtles movie. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really fucking excited about it but I haven't watched it yet. Cool. Um, all right. Final thoughts for uh, Batman Beyond getting HD remaster. Thumbs up. <laughs> that, that is a good final thought. I agree with that. And we made it under the timer. We got a minute to spare. Beautiful. Moving on. All right. Next next topic. Uh, Netflix debuted the first look at their upcoming series, The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. This is a show that is a prequel to the 1982 film by Jim Henson and Frank Oz which is simply called The Dark Crystal. This releases on August 30th in on Netflix. Uh, the trailer, I guess, I can't... I watched it maybe once or twice. It does. I can't remember if it really gives details about the plot. It's more about like behind the scenes for the show and showing how the creators are using all the practical effects, real puppets, instead of computer effects for all that stuff. So, And I'm not as familiar with The Dark Crystal itself. I don't know if I've ever really actually taking the time to sit down and watch that movie. but So I don't know if that interests you guys more than I'll surrender to anyone else that knows a little bit more than this, but what, uh, what caught I, you from this one? I would signify Dark Crystal as the quote-unquote not Labyrinth. Yes. Um, it, whereas Labyrinth is, I mean, amazing. Dark Crystal just took the weirdness to like 15 and 
I don't want to say I didn't like it. It just, it was a little bit out there. And Labyrinth was already a little bit out there, but it had to be in... And Bulge. <laughs> That's one thing that Dark Crystal did not have, for good or for bad, it did not have Bulge. <laughs> I mean, there's time to change that. This is true, they always have in, in Ludo, let's let's not forget Ludo, <laughs> because Ludo was my favorite, personally. Um, Ludo said, did, uh, so, like, did any of you grow up with that movie? Because I definitely did not. I don't think I saw it till my late 20s. My sisters or Dark Crystal? Uh, Dark, well, they were both out about the same time, but yeah. Dark Crystal. The Dark Crystal and the Labyrinth were my sister's two favorite movies mm. growing up. Oh, so, um, I, I I guess, you know, I grew up next door, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by association, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> call Crystal up. Get a get a lifeline in here. Get a, I always like Labyrinth, box. but something about Dark Crystal never hit me quite as much as it hit her. I mean, she'd just watch it over and over. And when she would watch Labyrinth, I'd watch it with her. But the Dark Crystal, when she'd watch it, be like, "Ah, oh, she's watching that movie." I'm gonna go, yeah, <laughs> go play it, uh, or something. I think, from what I could tell from previous conversations and and online comments, I think we're making Leslie weep right now <laughs> assuming uh, she listens she might not even listen to this re- like really having like underselling and underappreciating dark crystal <laughs> i have watched the dark crystal probably within like the last 10 years or something just because like oh the dark crystal i'm gonna watch that like that was a good movie back then <laughs> and i i think it's still probably held its own you know i still okay. probably lean towards labyrinth a little bit more but i mean it's it's got to be somewhat telling that and and maybe it depended on you know who who you can get rights from at what point and whatnot, but it's telling then that they made a Dark Crystal series and not a Labyrinth because we don't still have Bowie related series. Yeah, but you could get away with doing offshoot stories and and whatnot for like a, I I think I think you could. People are creative enough, but I mean, but I think it's telling that that, that they feel that Dark Crystal still has enough. Of a, you know, nostalgic perhaps, but loyal fan base and and whatnot that they thought this was a good idea. I feel like among the two, there's more lore to go with for the Dark Crystal. There's more behind all this stuff. And I feel like that's what they're going with more than anything is because there is more story to tell. There's a lot more explaining that could be done that really nobody was asking for until they got this. As far as I know, I don't know anybody that was asking for these prequels. Maybe more content or anything, but I don't know that anybody wanted the backstories or anything like that told. But maybe they did. But I've always, like, personally, I saw The Dark Crystal until I was an adult. I saw Labyrinth several times as a kid and enjoyed it. I I was more of a never-ending story kind of guy as a kid than Labyrinth. But I definitely saw it and enjoyed it. And then Dark Crystal as an adult, same thing. It's not bad. It's a pretty good movie. Um, and I'm sure it has its following. And that's who they're making this for. They're not making it for me. Now, did anybody else, I'm curious, did anyone else know that they were doing practical puppets and not CGI before they watched the trailer? I think I had an idea they were going to use puppets. I didn't realize to that extent. Yeah. So th- I think the reason I'm asking is, I, I knew that going in, but once I saw it, I still was questioning, are they bullshitting us? Those <laughs> That's not CGI. 
though I think some of the shots are like CGI background sure, stuff like but but even yeah, but like the characters like they the craftsmanship and the artistry on those things holy crap and, and that's like, what I came out of the trailer feeling like it's just the artistry and amount of creativity it takes to make these things and make them move the way they are and and make the mouths move and all this stuff like that's what I was like okay this is impressive I might watch just because of that is it slated to be uh, a series yeah yeah, I think yeah, it's I did, at the end of August. Yeah, I, yeah, I wanted to double check that. I couldn't remember if it any, was a movie or a series. It's right. saying series. I couldn't I yeah, believe it's a series. Uh, slated for one season? or did it, I mean, Netflix cancels everything after three. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think as of right now, it's just one. I don't know if they've been okay. greenlit for more than that. Yeah, and I feel that they... I mean, my impression is that they typically... Even if they are pretty sure it's going to be received well... They hedge their bets and never confirm ahead of time, oh, our, our, our layout plan is to do two to three to four years of this. Like, they'll see how it goes and how viewership is and what reaction is. And then even it, Stranger Things, they didn't commit to whether or not it was going to be three, four or five seasons until like after this season ended. Right. So, yeah, they, they are non-committal. So uh, um, it is. Yeah. Initially, it's slated as a series. Um and then really quickly see if I can find a thing that like does and uh, no, it, and at the moment it's not at least IMDb is not listing um, episode numbers, so I'm not sure if it's going to be like six, eight, ten. That might. Uh, oh wait, nope, got it here. Ten episodes. All right, so that's about average yeah. for Netflix. Yeah, it'll be August thirtieth or something. So, do you guys plan on checking it out when it releases? I do. Yes, I I hope that. Uh, I don't know, is the original movie on Netflix? Because I would like to watch that first. That is a damn good question. I don't know. I may own a copy of I may have a VHS somewhere, but <laughs> fuck, I don't have a VCR. So I still have a VCR. <laughs> the Dark Crystal is streaming. On Netflix? It's on Netflix right now. Okay. Yeah, th- that's why their part, at least, you would uh, think yeah, if they're going to have the series coming out. It's very, very self-serving. Yeah, very self-serving for both parties. Yeah. yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't know much too much about I almost would probably want to watch the, I'm going to have to try to watch the movie before jumping into the series just to, to get an idea, see where they're coming from. But yeah, I think that the trailer intrigued me just from a creative standpoint that I might try to check out the, the show and see how it is. Um. All right, last call for Dark Crystal. Nothing. All right. Uh, so, hey, two two and a half minutes to go on that one, so we're getting better. Moving on. Uh, all right, on to another Netflix show. Uh, they also debuted the first trailer for The Witcher, which I was corrected on Twitter as as I said that it was based on the video game series. It is based on a book series, which I don't think I realized, and also the video game series. Uh, this one will feature Henry Cavill as the main character. Um, I actually haven't played the game. I haven't read the book, so I don't have a lot of knowledge coming into this. I don't know. Has any Mike, Andy, have you guys played The Witcher? I have wanted to play Witcher 3 for a very long time, but it's one of those like 120-hour type games. It's and, supposed to be a long one. Yes. I have video game ADD and can't play anything for more than like 40 hours, so <laughs> I decided Unless that I was Elder gonna, Scrolls. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah, that's where I was on that one. Okay. Mike, have you played Witcher? I have played a demo. Um, I remember a long time ago there was a demo of it that I downloaded and played. Um, I have not yet played the full game. I wanted to, same kind of thing, where it's like that huge commitment. 
that kind of makes you like uh, I don't know, but I I'm, right you know the guy sitting here it's got like twenty five hundred hours into Destiny, so what the hell am I gonna <laughs> you know I may as well at some point I think the series may like spur me into it if I really like the series may get me to play the game and make that commitment. Um, if I don't like the series, I'm probably not likely to ever play the game, even though it's supposed to be one of like the best games ever made. So, yeah, but it's it's very highly praised. Yes, and I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Henry Cavill as well. I think he he does a pretty good job in a lot of the roles that he does. And yeah. from what I can see, it they, they made him look a lot like the. Geralt. Like what I would, yeah, what I would expect the main character from. My question is though, which existed first, the video game or the book? I believe the book. Okay. I think so, the games are based on the book as well. Okay, so if I like the show, I'll read the book and probably play all the fucking games. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, good luck getting me on the podcast for like I don't know, four <laughs> years. <laughs> I think three is the only one that's ridiculously long. Okay. Because I think three on CD Projekt Red did. And they're the ones that are making the open world gigantic game out of it. Okay. So I think I, I think the other two are probably more standard 20 to 40 hour campaigns. Okay. I heard two was good, but I heard three was just unbelievably awesome. Yeah, three's the one I always hear people talk about. Which yeah. I'm in the same boat as you guys. It's one that I I feel like has been on my list of like I should get this, and I I see it on sale enough where I should get it. But again, the time commitment for me is like I I have too much other. I'm sort of like Andy with video game ADD. Is I'll play something, never finish it, move on to the next thing. Play it, never finish it, move on to the next thing, and that's kind of how I play stuff. So just the fact that it would be sitting in my back catalog, not getting finished, would drive me up a fucking wall probably. So I I just haven't bit the bullet on it. I've been doing better with that. Where I'd start a game and I like force myself like no don't go back to start playing Destiny again finish this game first and I'd, like I finally finished Symphony of the Night for the first time by doing it that way saying like no I'm gonna do this and well you are much more committed than I am sir that's that, a great game oh my god is it ever like it it's still free as far as I know Brian so you need to pick yeah it if, up. You, if you if you I know like, I have it I just haven't played it if you like that Mike you should try um the Bloodstained. the Bloodstained games yeah. Yeah, I was looking at those. I'm definitely considering it. Um, another nice thing about Witcher Three. Sorry to cut Josh off, but uh, um, I believe all of the um, DLCs are free. Oh, okay. I, I don't believe they had like anything that you had to pay for for the Witcher Three. I think it was one of those. Each time they updated, it was like, "Hey, you guys can just you know fucking play it." Actually, there's think another mission. When I was yeah. looking at the um. Like the the when the game was on sale, they do have like some sort of complete edition, which comes with like all the extra content and stuff. So maybe at one point it was you were you were paying for it, and then they they released the package deal where you get it all for one price, whatever it is. Right. But yeah, I don't. I haven't looked at it now. Saint, like if you try to buy them individually now, I don't know if they, I don't know what they are now. But so yeah, they could be free. Um. Josh, anything to add for this one? I know you probably haven't touched the games or anything, but... No, I haven't. Um, but, I mean, the imagery looked... Uh, like On the one hand, both interesting as well as a little familiar, and I don't want to call it generic, but similar to like certain things I've seen before. I mean, it obviously looks 
Lord of the Rings ish. It looks Game of Thrones in with maybe a bit more uh, blatant fantasy, you know, in, in front of your eyes. Um, but interesting enough. And yeah, I mean, Cavill's an awesome actor. Uh, when, you know, the, the Superman role fell apart earlier this year or late last year, um, it sort of felt just like, because that was right around the time I think they announced this project. So yeah. it kind of felt like he was saying, eh, okay, but whatever, I got this other thing going on. Um, so he didn't seem all that sad and broken up about it, at least right. at least publicly. So, um, I mean, that all said, um, yeah, I'll probably give it a go. I, I, I'm an easy sucker for fantasy. Like the, the stuff you were name dropping, Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings, I feel like this is scratching a niche for Netflix that they don't have. Amazon's getting Lord of the Rings show. Uh, HBO is done with Game of Thrones, but they have held that torch for a while. And they have Netflix. Well, they also they have, have offshoots yeah. playing. They have spinoff yeah, okay. okay. that they're starting. So they're still trying to continue that and keep the audience there. But Netflix, to my knowledge, hasn't had anything sort of in that realm. They had the one I know that they're in the movie where you saw his junk, but that was about it. <laughs> oh, the uh, the the Outlaw King movie. Yes. That's it, more, it wasn't yeah, that's really more, fantasy. Was that, was that like a fantasy? I didn't see it yet. So is that like fantasy fiction? I thought it was more like historical fiction. Yeah, it's more historical. But it's and the it only like, mi- type of thing I can think of, like sword and shield combat type gotcha, of thing. Gotcha, okay. That they have that's their own original thing. It's the only thing I can come up sure. with. Andy, what were you going to add? Sorry, I didn't. Oh, I, uh, I don't know if anybody is familiar with the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. No. Um but um, it's very high fantasy, and it is also in production right now. Mm. Oh, okay. I'm not sure which um, uh, broadcast company has picked it up or anything. So, well, I guess we'll have to see where that lands. Yeah, if it's another competing streaming service or right one of these ones that are already out there. But uh, the Wheel of Time, if if you're a fan of uh, like Lord of the Rings or any kind of thing like that, there's I don't know, 12 very, very thick books, at least. That's a good good amount of books. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a good, uh, yeah. good start. I've made it to book eight twice and fizzled on both. <laughs> Does that mean book eight sucks? Or No, no, book eight is very good, but it's it's like it's a lot of content. And then, you know, yep. I'll put the book down for a little while and I'm like, fuck, wait, what was happening? And then I just <laughs> never pick it back up. It's, it's easy to fizzle out when there's that much. Like I don't think I've ever read yeah, Lord of the Rings yeah. in one sitting. It's like no god you, no. You, well, I'm a Pacific sitting, obviously, but like you know, like no, no, no. But even yeah, it's always read part, read something else, read part, read something else. In yeah, yeah, it has to be that way with stuff to, like that. You need to cleanse the palate yeah. a little bit. <laughs> um, it says uh, I think I found something that says uh, Sony is acting as a co-producer, but it will be on Amazon. Okay, that's maybe that's what I remember. But the only thing I'll say, like I have on The Witcher, Henry Cable just looks a little weird. It looks weird, him having the hair. The hair throws me off on him big time. It looks, it doesn't look right on him. Do you think that's because you're so used to, like, short, cropped, I don't, I don't, dark I don't think hair? it's the length. I think it's the color. Like, the grayish, blondish, okay. weird color they gave it i think it just throws me off on him kind of the way like jessica alba never looked right as the invisible woman 
Like, she did not look right blonde. It looked wrong. Mm. Yeah, I could I could see that. Um, Around the Horn, you guys going to check this series out? Probably. Yes. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, I, would, I don't know if I... I don't know. The fantasy stuff is hit or miss with me. I don't know if I check it out or not. If you guys check it out and say it's good and we're checking out, I might I might give it a shot. But I don't know if this is high enough on my list to be like, yes, I'm definitely well, going to gonna watch this. For you, I'd say cautious because it is fantasy horror. Oh, oh is, is that it? what they're billing it as? I don't know if it is that, but that's what the game is. Like, he's a witcher because he hunts witches. Okay. All right, well then, yeah, you guys can definitely be my guinea pigs and let me know what you think I can handle. Everyone secretly tell Brian it's awesome. <laughs> no, don't start this bullshit. <laughs> no, because he'll only make it like 10 minutes into the first episode. And yeah. If that's how it goes. And he's like, <laughs> you play the long con, but it's not like he, like, oh, I guess I'll sit through all eight episodes of this because those guys told me. Yeah, I will jump ship as soon as humanly yeah. possible if I have to. And I will never take your recommendations ever again. You have scarred me for life. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, move on. Good. We good for that one? Moving on. All right. Uh, moving on. This is the only uh, little bit of uh, Star Wars news that I got out of the convention. So Lucasfilm uh, Publishing had a panel. So they talked about some upcoming Star Wars books. So uh, I know Mike and I have been trying to get through Timothy Zahn's Thrawn trilogy. So they were talking about the third book in that series, Thrawn Treason, which was coming out. Um, they talked about a book called Resistance Reborn, which will be by Rebecca Roanhorse. I think I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Um, which actually centers around our main characters from the, the franchise right now. Leia, Poe, Rey, and Finn. And they struggle to rebuild the Resistance after the defeat at the hands of the First Order in The Last Jedi. So that's your, your bridge between 8 and 9. That releases November 12th. So me personally, I definitely am going to have to pick that up and try to read that definitely. before... Uh, Rise Rise of Skywalker comes out. Um, they also announced a few short comic book series that caught my attention, uh, both from Marvel. They are doing a four-issue run called The Rise of Kylo Ren. And they have one picture that they released that shows Kylo Ren's with the Knights of Ren behind him. So I'm, I'm hoping that gives us a little bit more details of like that whole crew and what the hell happened there, because that's still a bunch of unanswered questions. Uh, that series is due out in December. And then they have another four-issue series called Star Wars Allegiance, um, which will again try to fill in the gaps between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. That series comes out in October. Um, I guess more directed at Andy and Mike, because I know Star Wars isn't as high on Josh's list, but how much of this stuff do you guys think you'd check out? Does any of this stuff interest you? What do you think? I am very excited about the uh, Knights of Ren and finding out how Kylo came to do any of that. And um, I've seen some uh, Twitter posts from the guy writing said okay. miniseries. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I should have grabbed the names. I did not grab the, the uh, I can't remember the either. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty pumped about that. And it sounds like he's really excited to write it. So... And it sounded like a lot of people were like, yes, we've been fucking wondering about this shit. Like, finally, some content for it. I'm wondering if since it releases in December, which is the month of the movie, I don't know if they're going to tailor it after the release of the movie. So if maybe we get some details in the movie and then the, the comic series sort of fills in the rest of the blanks. I can see that happening. That's what I would expect them to do it that way to avoid the spoilers. Right. On, you know, pre-movie. So be my guess, but. I guess we'll find out when the time comes. Um, 
but yeah, the, this comic series looks awesome. You know, just the, that little taste of art we got from it and the idea that we're going to explore that. Yeah, everybody wants to know that story. Yeah, if you're curious what the uh, the art looks like that we're talking about, I did put the link up on the Facebook page, which sends it to, to StarWars.com's website where they detailed some of the cover art and, and stuff for these series. So you get all four covers for the Star Wars Allegiance series. I think there's only the one picture for the Rise of Kylo Ren. That's the the black and white with Kylo Ren and the nice Ren behind him. So that that just that that art alone looks pretty fucking cool. Um, are you guys gonna dive into any of the novels and stuff that that are coming out? I mean, you you know I'm gonna read Treason. Did you and do uh, what was the second one? Allegiance, Alliance, Alliance, Alliances, or something like that? Yeah, I finished that. Okay, I still have to read that myself. Yeah, that one is. It I still like the first one better. Okay. But really enjoyable book. Um, you get a surprising amount of Padme in that book. Oh, all right. We'll throw that out there for you. It seems strange for the time and everything, but there, there's a good bit of flashback. And, uh, yeah, a, a good bit of Padme. Okay. Yeah, I, f- I fully intend to get that one. It might hit on the back burner after this uh, Resistance Reborn book comes out, because that will be my sole f- focus when that book comes out. I will, yeah, I'm going to be all over that one, too. Like, I'm behind, because I still want to read the um, Master and Apprentice. Oh, yeah, I need to get that, too. Yeah. I am uh, planning to start one as soon as I'm, I'm reading up a comic series from Marvel right now, and as soon as I finish that, I'm going to start the Master and Apprentice. Gotcha. Um, Andy, did you venture off into any of the Star Wars novels at all, or no? Uh, I began collecting them at half price books when they were on clearance. Just okay. like, ooh, I don't have that one, just to <laughs> eventually delve into it, but I have yet to. Do you know if it's old canon, new canon? Uh, it's literally any Star Wars book I see on clearance. Okay, fair enough. So we got like <laughs> that I know several I duplicates. don't already have. <laughs> Oh no no not not like I take a picture of them and then you know I'll, I'll I can tell what I don't have yeah um I well, even I mean there is some stuff in the old canon that is really really fucking good so the old Tronaries from yeah that time I mean that was more Luke series though was it was it was built as the the Thrawn series Thrawn trilogy okay no, well. heir to the Empire uh Dark Force Rising and I think Last Command were the three okay. books. Those are fucking fantastic. Yeah. Still top tier for the, me. The old canon, the ones to go with are the Thrawn trilogy, the Darth Bane, and the Darth Revan uh, book. I think there's what? Is there a second Darth Revan book? I don't know. I never read the Darth Revan ones. Either way, those are the ones to go there's with. Z- Zahn came back and did uh, th- two books. There was a Thrawn duology. Oh, really? I did was, not know that. Yeah, that, are, that was also really fucking good, too. And they kind of like wrapped up a chapter of... The old canon before the the Vong invaded from the other galaxy. That was like a whole seventeen or in the teens book series. That series was actually pretty good too. I I did like that stuff. Um, but again, that's old canon. It technically doesn't count anymore. If you want to read cool stories, it's worth checking out. But it has no bearing on what is happening in the Star Wars universe currently. So it's it's you know up to you if you want to dive into that stuff. Man, the the new stuff definitely read uh, Bloodline. If you get a chance, yes. is amazing, yes. as is Thrawn. Um, the Grand Moff Tarkin book was pretty awesome, too. 
I want to. Did you read uh, A New Dawn, Mike? No, I didn't read the Rebel book, the Rebels. I, okay. I want to, but it's one of those ones where just haven't done it yet. Andy, there's. I know you haven't finished Rebels, but there is a book about Kanan and Hera meeting for the first time. Oh, nice. So it, it sort of sets up Rebels. That, so that one's floating around there, too. Um, I know I've, I think I've read a couple other ones, and now I can't think of what else I've read. That was I've read other ones, but like the Ahsoka book was, eh, it was okay. No, I, still I don't know that, that I thoroughly recommend it. And I love the character. It just, it was good, but not good enough that I would put it at the top of your reading list. Right. Um, Josh, like I said, I know this isn't for you, but I'll give you the chance to chime in if you want to. Does any about this, anything about this interest to you? Any, anything to add? No. Okay. <laughs> Short and sweet. I like it. Um, all right. Last call for Star Wars books. Nothing? All righty. We will move on to some trailers that we have to talk about. Uh, so first one we'll talk about, and I don't know if this was from a specific panel where this trailer come from. They might have had a panel for the show or something, uh, but we got our first trailer for the next Star Trek show. That is exclusive to CBS All Access. I think it's just simply titled Picard. Uh, picks up with an older Jean-Luc Picard trying to make a life after Starfleet. And of course, something happens to bring him back. Uh, trailer shows some returning characters like Data, Seven of Nine. Seems to hint at maybe some Borg connections. Uh, that was still... pretty heavily in it. In yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> still seems a little bit cryptic. So we'll have to you know see what the show's like when it comes out. But... Uh, what did you guys think of the the trailer? I'm pumped. I think it looks awesome. I'm Is a it big enough fa- I'm a big to fan bring of... you into CBS All Access. No. <laughs> 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 um. Actually, I had forgotten that part until you told me, and now I'm like, how am I going to watch this? <laughs> I'll split it with you, Andy. <laughs> so what? Like eight bucks each? What? However much it is. I don't know how much it is for. I don't month, know how but... much it is either. We'll look into it. We'll 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 split it. I mean, is I haven't looked at that service before, but is it one of those that gives you like a free week trial? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if it's a week or a month. I don't know how much they give you to 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 try to entice you. So I'll have to wait till the show is finished its first season, and then binge watch the shit out of it in the week, and hope it sucks because once season two comes around, you'll have to subscribe. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll use somebody else's email. It's fine. Oh, and there's the other show, the what a discovery or something like that that's on all access as well. Uh, which, oh, yeah, I heard is good too. Yeah. So, so I was you could binge them add, both. I I picked up the first season of Discovery because you can buy Blu-ray sets of those. Okay. So I bought the first season of Discovery um, during like Prime Day. It was like sixteen bucks or something. I'm only like three episodes in, but I am I'm on board. I really really enjoy it so far. <laughs> I like what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's part of the reason why I was never on board with these two Star Trek series. I haven't even watched the trailer yet because I don't want to get that hook stuck in my lip where I get pulled in and it's like, you have to do, like, do this now because I hate the idea of CBS All Access. I mean, that's where we're at now. Everybody's going to have their own service with their own exclusive stuff where if you want to watch the one show, you have to subscribe yeah. to their thing. Which yeah, is I've, weird because it does kind of feel like that's we piss and moan about that and we talk about it in that tone, but 
that's basically what people have been saying about cable for 30 years. Yes. But now, because, but what they're upset about is, well, I don't want the whole channel. Before it was, I just want that channel. I don't watch those other channels. I just want that one channel. Now it's, I want that one show. Yeah. I only want that one show. I have to pay for your whole app. I only want the one show. Well, and and that's part of the (laughs) thing for me is like, do they air these on CBS or is it specifically the app only? No. Mm -mm. Well, so Discovery, or yeah, Discovery was shown, I think, the pilot episode. That or maybe the first right. two episodes. To, they showed it on air on CBS to try to hook people. But then they said, oh, you want to continue the season? You got to subscribe. Yeah, that's just horseshit. I'm sorry. I mean, that's, that's a smart marketing yeah, tactic. It, it's, it's a smart move, actually. Is, but it's also just like, I don't know. That's the type of thing that angers me and makes me never get your product. Well, yeah, true, but think about it. That 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 move is not for you. Well, the, no, but really, because, because no, but the reason is you why do something like that for a market that is already in the digital age, who's already in the internet content age? They did that for people who barely ever use their computers they do that for people who only watch tv but know that this stuff kind of exists that's who they're going after they they know that if you want it you're either going to do it or you're not right and i think brian touched on the right thing for me is that you can't just buy the show digitally there's nowhere to buy it digitally i don't want to have hard copies anymore because my hard copy movie library is already overflowing I just want to buy stuff digitally. Well, they you can't. You can either... I think... Didn't we talk about this a couple months ago when they made the announcement that they were releasing this on Blu-ray, that it did seem strange to have a digital product that you then make a hard copy of but do not make available for purchase digitally? Mm-hmm. It's like... I, I get frustrated sometimes like in my personal life or at work. It's like the equivalent of you have to... Like you have no way around it. You can't save the file or the screen or whatever it is on your computer. So you have to print it and then scan that paper <laughs> back to get a, an, an electronic version of the thing that you can use. That's what this feels like. Well, I think it's still they're trying to hit the, the biggest audience they can. So, Josh, to your point, the people that saw like the pilot on CBS and then were like, oh, CBS, I like... Typically, CBS to me is the old person channel. It's the it's the channel that grandparents watch. Yeah. So when they watch the show, they uh, getting to the internet to subscribe to a, a streaming service is probably not something they're going to do. But they might still buy like packaged TV seasons, which which makes sense. But it, that but then it doesn't make sense to me to complement that with a digital offering. Because, because, I mean, it doesn't because because it doesn't allowing come with a digital copy. What it does or doesn't. Does not. Well, well, it's strictly well, no, right, right, right. the Blu-ray disc. I'm, I'm saying not to complement that actual product, but to, to to also offer digital access in another way. Because someone like Mike might actually then be persuaded to try the app after being able to view the whole first season digitally on his own for purchase. Yeah, you know, I I just I think it's a missed oh, opportunity. Oh no, no, no. They- yeah, I mean, immediately they, they could sell me the season, mm-hmm. and I would buy the season and watch the show, and they would make that money off of me, but I wouldn't spend money on their app. 
Well, right, but but there's a big overlay of people that they might bring in to a month a monthly fee. Well, I'm saying I would. I already pay a cable bill to have CBS on my television. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, HBO with my subscription to them, I get their app included in the price. Yeah, I mean maybe there's certain places where they you know they just can't win with everybody, but I still feel like it's an easy bone to throw people because if if they're right. if they're not going to get your money on on the on the on the app no matter what because that's how you view it then they're leaving money on the table by not offering a digital version for purchase exactly that's all i mean just make it available for digital purchase i'll pay you money for it i'm just not paying you money for your app yeah yeah i guess and maybe in the long run they want more subscribers to the service and care less about who's just buying the series it's the only ultimate goal is what I can think of. Is they'd rather you subscribe to the show, and if you're not going to do that, they don't. They're not going to give you the opportunity to buy the, yeah, the show. Well, of course, which is, I guess I'm going against my own point because I I literally bought it on hard copy. So if they <laughs> still wanted me to buy into their subscriber service, they wouldn't even give me that option. So I don't know. I don't know what the ultimate goal is here. Unless it's just like if you want it now, if you want to be the early adopter to to. Watch it when it is live, or or shortly after that, then you subscribe to the service. If you don't mind catching up later, you can buy the season, you know, on disc months after it's over. So, I don't know. the The immediacy of it, I guess, is more for the the digital content part of it. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Mike, you will not be checking this out due to not being able to subscribe to the not wanting to subscribe to the service. Bingo. Okay. Uh, Josh, do you have any interest in this? Is this going to pull you into CBS All Access or no? It won't pull me in. I mean, short answer, no. Longer answer slightly is it won't pull me into Star Trek TV at all anyway. Okay. I enjoy the movies, uh, both old and newer, but I've never been a series viewer, so this isn't going to be it. Um, Andy, you're debating? I'm debating, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the next generation was my favorite uh, iteration of uh, Star Trek. So, I'm actually excited they were bringing in uh, a Voyager cast member, Seven of Nine. Yeah, I, was really I thought that was a pretty interesting um, reveal. Like right at the end of the trailer, was mixing the the two. Uh, I don't know what you would call it. Shows, Gener- generations, shows, shows? Generations, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, you you probably grew up more with Next Generation. I watched more reruns of Next Generation when I was growing up. Voyager was the one that I sucked into, and that was the one I watched religiously. Yeah. So yeah, and and they had Next Generation characters pop up in Voyager and stuff like that. So they always did that in the show. So it's fun to see it come back around for for this show to bring people in there. I thought that was pretty cool. See, the way my dad was, I grew up with the original show. Because oh, that, there you go. He, yeah. he constantly, so I was always kind of force fed that as a kid and came to like it, you know? Yeah. Andy, I'm serious. If you want to go in on that, you let me know. Oh, you were serious. Oh, I thought you were just joking. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, let's do some research. All right, we'll talk about it. Um, all right, on to another trailer. So, for the, so this will be one for, for Josh that I'm sure is really excited about. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we don't really know too much about what the plot of this movie is. At least I don't think so. Um, 
so I was I was trying to check out some of the people involved, and it got me more excited for this. Um, Joe Kaczynski is listed as director, which is enough to get me in on this movie. He directed Tron Legacy and Oblivion, mm-hmm. both of which I really fucking oh love. wow yeah those are both really good movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are I think about four writers attached to this movie, but one of them is Christopher McQuarrie, who has worked with Tom Cruise on his last like three or four movies. So he's the writer director of the last two Mission Impossible's, wrote Edge of Tomorrow. Um, Ooh, also Jack another Reacher. Good movie. Um, trying to think what else they've done together, but they they've been teaming up on a lot of Tom Cruise's stuff lately. So I think McQuarrie came in to help write the script a little bit. So just having those people involved, I'm I'm pretty on board with this. And I was and the trailer itself kind of blew me away because I. It literally feels like they just threw Tom Cruise in a fighter jet, attached a camera to it, and said, okay, have fun. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this is like, the trailer was very much like, hey, you remember that in uh, in Mission Impossible when he was flying the helicopter? This is that, yeah. but times ten, because it's a fighter jet this time. And it looks amazing. Well, it's like, it's one thing to watch like the original and then be like, oh, I was inverted. Well, you are in the cockpit when he goes inverted, and I was like, this is going to make me sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like they are, I mean, I think I read, where did I, I can't remember where I read it, but I think somebody, when in speaking about the film, was like calling it a love letter to aviation. That was Tom Cruise said that. Tom yes. Cruise said it? Okay, yeah. It, it, it looks like it's going to be incredible fun when he's flying the plane, and... The story, the bits of story that you get during the trailer, it looks really interesting. Yeah. You know, an old Maverick, they're still just being like, nah, I just want to fly. You know, like, you're a dinosaur. (laughs) I love, like, the opening of that trailer when Ed Harris is giving him, like, the the monologue of, like, you know, and, and... Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die or something like that. I'm like, okay, I, I'm in. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andy, what'd you what'd you take away from the trailer? Uh, I think they took the recipe for success from the first one and basically like duplicated it for this <laughs> one. Just made everyone a little bit older because they're still going to a bar. They're still playing a piano. There's still obviously some sort of weird shirtless. <laughs> athletic scene it's um, football this time not volleyball so that i, did, I wasn't sure but i <laughs> i saw it um and uh you know he's still got his fucking motorcycle and he's still flying around and he's still obviously like the bad boy that doesn't get promoted and no one actually likes <laughs> and he's still wearing the aviator glasses and the, the leather coat so i i they they yeah let's not forget the score the, the score it oh, was yes. the Top Gun the, theme, the yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I thought I was thinking like football score, like seven to thirteen. <laughs> I was like, did I miss that part? Was, I mean, was there a score like, that had fuck. to be part of the trailer? <laughs> the song had to be part of the trailer. Yeah, it, like, and sounds like a little bit of a remix on it of sorts. It was yeah, a little bit slower. Yeah, but I'm um, that. I mean, Andy, you didn't get excited just seeing him put on the jacket. Put the shades on, I, ride the motorcycle next I to the I never runway. said I didn't get excited about it. I just <laughs> said that I, it seemed like they took everything that we we love about Top Gun and were like, hey, it's new. <laughs> lucky, lucky. And, yeah. and and I looked and I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, it just, I feel like they're throwing that stuff in the trailer 
because they're, I'm hoping they're putting all that in the trailer and there's going to be like that and then more yeah. coming at like, you know, I, I really hope that the, that the plot is very, very good and that it, it like, it really pulls it in and hits home. You know what I mean? I, 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 I want, I want it to have some heart to it, you know, kind of like the other one did. Well, yeah, yeah, and and what I like about this trailer is it didn't really reveal any of that. It's just like, look how much fun we're gonna have with Tom Cruise, <laughs> right? And and that's fine. And they didn't reveal like what the antagonist was or the protagonist was. Well, obviously he's the protagonist, but um, you know, they didn't uh, they didn't really delve too deeply into that, which I appreciate and makes me want to watch it. There was. After I think after looking at some of the shots, I tried to slow it down and look because I I could have sworn I heard that Miles Teller is cast in the movie, and oh, I God. think my guess is that he is like Goose's son. Oh. So there's a couple shots that go by really quickly that looks like Miles Teller, but he looks like Goose. So when they go by quickly, it almost looks like flashbacks of Goose from the first one, but it could be present day as like Goose's son. I don't know. So. I feel like there might be something involved there, but I don't know specifics. That's that's the best guess yeah. scenario for me. Do we have a cast list? Do we know is Val? Kilmer I saw Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Was she in the first one? No. Okay. Is Meg Ryan in this? The way you said that was misleading, because it felt like you were saying she was in the yeah. first one when yeah. you said that. Oh, that's, sorry. that's why I was like, no. Um. Uh, is Meg Ryan? We were in asking it? cast list, so I know I saw her in the in the trailer for this one. Is Meg Ryan in it? Is Val Kilmer in it? Is uh, oh shit, uh, I can't even remember. Carrie his... Elway's and Charlie Sheen. Maybe? You're talking <laughs> Hot Shots. Talk hot hot shots? <laughs> I had to I had to think for a second. Like, wait a minute, was it was it Top Gun? Like, <laughs> and I, I'm I pretty wanna... sure Val Kilmer is listed in the cast. So is John was... Hamm. Yes, John I did, Hamm. I yeah, did actually him see him. Too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Miles Teller is listed, so he is in there somewhere. Jennifer Connelly, Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, John Hamm, Ed Harris. Uh, some other names that I'm not as familiar with. Yeah, I don't see any Meg Ryan or anything, though. Okay. No. I kind of feel like she's retired. Which I could be, yeah. I seen her name pop up in anything in a really long time. Um, Josh, I know Top Gun was one of the movies we talked about for a while that you had not seen, which you watched somewhat recently. During one of our and, never seen that's. Yeah. Um, and you came out of it, uh, what, kind of indifferent with the original Top Gun? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess there, there's, there's no way to not come at it from a biased position, which is either you saw it when you were younger and you had a certain reaction to it. Or you saw it when you were older and had a certain reaction to it. Um, yeah. So like inherently you fall on one side of that or, or the other of where you're coming from. I personally, seeing it for the first time when I am when I was, however, 34, 35, um, I don't think it holds up very well. <laughs> as as I, I don't. I just don't think it aged very well in terms of filmmaking. That's fair. Yeah. Um, if there is nice feelings that certain people have about it because of what it you know was to them at a certain age when they saw it etc that hey that's fine not saying it's a bad movie per se i it didn't leave me with really any impact it it 
it feels very much like a 1980s movie and that, and that's it like it just doesn't go anywhere else for me it just i think filmmaking for a lot of that decade was very forgettable there's a lot of movies that people know well but in terms of like moving the needle i don't think a lot of 80s cinema did a whole lot all right so with that in mind what did you think of this trailer um this i mean i i would call this maybe more of a teaser a longer form teaser trailer that, that's than fair. anything yeah. else um and i think the way that they approached the composition of it definitely played up the elements that made it seem more like mission impossible in 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 relation to the types of shots that they were able to get this time around um so from that angle it seems like it could be fun as far as the story might be i don't think i really care (laughs) about what a story could be so i i might end up seeing it um i know sarah is is looking forward to this i think so i might one way or another either in a theater or at home at some point seeing it but um if i never did i probably wouldn't lose sleep okay well you tell sarah if she wants to go without you i'll I'm, i'll go oh she <laughs> is probably already going to be there with you for hobbs and shaw so she did text me about she... that already yes <laughs> <laughs> so there's yeah there's there's a laundry list you guys can start together <laughs> i'm pretty sure at some point during that whole uh discussion about top gun that you pretty much laid out Barney Stinson's Ewok theory um, <laughs> as to whether or not he would date women or not because of their age. And he said, you know, well, if they're born on this date, when they first saw Ewoks, they thought they were cute and they like them. Oh, I see what you mean. So they are too. <laughs> yeah, it just, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, well, because like we, none of us were old enough when this movie came out to experience it at the time. If if anything, anybody in this group was at least a slightly older child, if not a teenager, the first time that they could see this movie and, you know, let's be honest, like, actually comprehend it and really understand, oh, here's the emotional beats. Here's what I'm being told. Um, so I think it varies a lot from people who were in their 20s, for instance, in the mid 80s when Top Gun comes out. Those people are gonna are, are gonna have a much different view of the legacy of Top Gun than even. Uh oh, we're uh. <laughs> I can't believe this so is our... this is the first one. <laughs> this is the one. Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Top Gun is amazing. <laughs> Your bathroom break did you in? Apparently, it <laughs> threw threw off my entire perception. <laughs> uh, yeah. Final thought, Josh. If you're finishing up. Uh, I, I think I, I pretty much get the gist of what I was saying there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think the rest of rest of us are in the bag for this one. So I was just curious, coming from your experience with Top Gun One, how you felt about this one? If the trailer did anything for you, so yeah. As I say, if, if I ended up in a theater seeing it or, or watching it, I probably wouldn't cringe at the notion of it as much as I would like a Fast and Furious movie. Fair enough. But again, if I never saw it, I, I wouldn't affect me. <laughs> um, all right. So moving on to what I was trying to, what I was actually going to set Josh up for this time, uh, the Jane Silent Bob <sighs> reboot trailer 
So this is this is definitely injustifiably hot. So I'm just gonna let him run with it. So whatever you want to set up, however you want to tackle this, it's all you. All right. So a lot of the input that you did not hear me be able to give really about like The Witcher and Picard, like holy shit, like you're gonna get all of me right now. <laughs> okay. So let, let I'm gonna give as much of like I can of like a crash course in Kevin Smith to anybody who might be interested in, and pretty much everyone who's not too. So <laughs> this is a sequel to. Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, and it's the first movie since Clerks 2 in 2006 uh, that is part of the, what is called the View Askewniverse. View Askew is the production company name that Kevin set up when they were making Clerks, um, and I would argue that he's probably one of the first, if not the first, mainstream filmmaker to make not only just one or two, but in a, a, a an elaborate series of somewhat interconnected films long before Marvel was doing it although admittedly you know he would say he got the inspiration from his history with comic books and whatnot uh George Lucas go ahead in in what regard just Star Wars or yeah well yeah well that's like that's one continuing saga <laughs> as opposed to disp- disparate I know, story I'm just yeah. fucking with you go ahead so these films include <laughs> Clerks, Mall Rats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, uh, Clerks Two, and now this will be the seventh entry specifically there. Uh, between Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and Clerks Two, he made a film called Jersey Girl that was hit, at the time was supposed to be like its first like just standalone, different thing for him. Uh, after Clerks Two. Uh, he made Zack and Mary make a porno. Again, just standalone, its own thing. Uh, he then went on to direct Cop Out, which was the first movie he ever made, and at this point, only movie he's ever made from a script that he did, himself did not write. Um, after his experience with that, he went on to make Red State, which is one of, in my honest opinion, one of the most badass movies I've ever seen. It is not like anything else he's ever done and probably will ever do again it's incredibly difficult to get a copy of now it is which is really sad because it was Dig- digitally it's completely unavailable it was on netflix for a couple years and yeah. it's, it is legitimately an intense amazing amazing movie michael parks literally should have had an oscar nomination for his performance in that i know that's easy to say people say it stuff as like that always all the time, but what was that mike i said as always Every time you see Michael Parks in anything, I kind of feel that way. He's good, but in this, he's incredible. It is amazing. Uh, The reason I mentioned Red State is that both that and another film that Jay kind of spearheaded called uh, Super Groovy Cartoon Movie, they self-distributed those, meaning they never had wide theatrical releases. Um, They literally toured the movie live in person, and the only place you could see the movie in a theater was on these tours with them. Uh, and, and that pretty much, as far as I can tell, seems to be the model that they're going to follow for Reboot. Uh, there might be some limited release. It might follow the tour. I, I, I haven't heard for their plans. But they have two, th- two to three to four months of tour dates laid out uh, to do uh, live shows, Q&As with them. Uh, so I am totally in the bag for this um it's a little bit of further background is that uh 
Kevin had uh, a heart attack, nearly killed him uh, in February of 2018. And he's told the story many times that literally one of the few things that he has admitted to, he said, I, I literally thought that I would, I would be sad because Yoga Hosers was the last movie I put out. <laughs> and he had had the idea and had been trying to get Jay and Bob made for a couple years. And so when he survived, that is the first thing that he, like major thing that he put his efforts to. And they finally started filming this past February on the one year anniversary of that heart attack. And they finished it within like two months. And now they announced the release dates, the trailer, the tour, all that came out at Comic-Con. Um, so that that's a lot of background, but let's hit the ground running with the trailer. I'm going to point out some things that I'm going to hopefully use as selling points to people who might <laughs> not be like in the bag Kevin Smith fans or whatever. Uh, if you've never seen Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, he describes it as a, basically a living cartoon movie. And it is effectively that. It's very goofy. It plays almost like the format of like a Scooby-Doo cartoon or a Looney Tunes type of thing. Uh, just with a lot of like really horrible humor and, and language. <laughs> but it's great. Um, the trailer opens and the, one of the very first faces you see, actually I think one of the first two faces you see at all, is my boy Dave DeSmulchin <laughs> in riot gear. I love that. Uh, they are firing tear gas canisters into a building that used to be the video store. It's supposed to be the video store from Clerks, where I guess Jay and Bob are holed up for the moment. Uh, the restaurant that will be moving into that space soon is called Cocksmoker. It is a, a chicken sandwich joint, which is just very on brand with his humor. <laughs> um... It next jumps to some exposition uh, played again by the character of Brody, uh, who originally came from Mallrats. He basically serves the same function in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. That is played by Jason Lee, who has been uh, a, a view askew staple since Mallrats. Uh, we get shots of the Bluntman Chronic remake that's being made. And if you've seen the trailers and whatnot, you know that Melissa Benoist will be taking over the role of chronic uh, as it is a uh, you know updated remake reboot of that movie and val kilmer god bless val kilmer stepping in to play blunt man in this in this remake so i just realized let me take a quick half a step backwards and say that the premise of this movie is that it is basically a remake of jay and silent bob strike back because within Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back, they are trying to stop a movie about themselves getting made. So all these years later, they hear that a reboot of that movie about themselves is getting made. So they go and try to stop it all over. It's mostly the same plot. <laughs> um, but while also kind of being a commentary and parody on sequels and remakes and stuff, it, it, uh, it I think it's going to be really hilarious. Uh Really quick names that everyone else probably saw pop up. Uh, you get new some new faces. Joe Manganiello, Pittsburgh native, plays in this film. Justin Long, who has been uh, in Zack and Miri. He was your lead in Tusk, which was one of the most effed up movies I think I've ever seen in my life. 
Um, he was the lead in Can that. Can I stop you real quick, Josh? Yeah. Just because you were talking about Zack and Miri not being connected to this universe, but isn't Justin Long playing the same character that was in Zack and Miri? So that is up for debate because Zack and Miri and Jersey Girl and, and, and Red State and Tusk. Well, I would say Tusk at Yoga Hosers started some other kind of new continuity of a trilogy he was making, but they weren't previously said to be related to the other stuff. Justin's long character, I'm glad you brought that up because I wasn't sure, and I don't know that he's playing the same character yet. Because he sounds exactly like the guy from Zack and Miri, and I'm pretty sure the guy from Zack and Miri was a lawyer, right? Which the scene in the trailer takes place in the courtroom. Um, no, actually his... Oh, that's right, he was a porn he star. He was a gay porn star. Yeah. That's right. With yeah. Brandon Ralph. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Now, I, I mean, it... It absolutely could end up being the same character, and maybe he has a career change between the two films. <laughs> um, but uh, Justin Long is wonderful in Kevin Smith movies because you can tell like he doesn't care what these movies may or may not do to his career. <laughs> yeah, he's just having a good freaking time. And and Tusk is a straight out horror drama. It is not a comedy or a satire or anything in any way. Um, and Justin Long crushes that movie uh we get craig robinson back who is also in zach and mary he's playing a judge uh and then this is where this the trailer tells us that our story is going to pick up where uh jay finds out that he has a child he has a, a teenage daughter uh with uh shannon elizabeth who played a character of justice uh in jay and son bob strike back so the big part of this left turn of this movie is jay is a dad and he's meeting his teenage daughter, and I guess they're all along for, for the ride. Uh, did you guys catch where where they end up at, what the event is called, where they end up at later in the trailer? So I think I know it only because I saw Kevin Smith talking about that part of the movie. Isn't it called Chronic Con? It is absolutely called Chronic Con. And from what you could tell, like if you watch the trailer, you can see the logo, the marketing, everything l verbatim resembles San Diego Comic Con. Um, I think there's a lot of meta issues that he's going to play with in this movie um, because later in the trailer, Jason Biggs refers to Kevin Smith. Um, yeah. So I don't know if there's going to be like self references in like some like fourth wall breaking metal way or not. <laughs> um, uh, you uh, Who else shows up? Uh, Fred Armazon shows up as a seeming to me like maybe like an Uber driver. Uh, this is the one that actually confuses me the most. Matt Damon is in this trailer. Uh, very much, in my opinion, playing Loki from Dogma. But spoilers, if you didn't see Dogma literally 20 years ago. Yeah, Damon dies at the end of that. <laughs> Loki dies. So I don't know how that's going to work, but I am very interested in, and cannot wait to understand how he explains that. Maybe he's cosplaying. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Uh, and I think the big get out of out of this film, and Kevin definitely talked about it in his uh, Hall H panel, is we get Ben Affleck back in this film. Uh, ben was in Clerks 2. He had a short cameo. Um, but he and Kevin Smith have been out of each other's worlds for a very, very long time, both publicly and professionally. Um and and if you get a chance to listen to the Hall H presentation and Kevin just is very candid about his feelings about all this, it's 
let me just say that it is it suffice it to say this is very significant that Affleck is appearing in this movie. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, as Kevin played out a lot of personal fantasies in uh, Strike Back with like wielding a lightsaber, um, he this time it looks like he's going to put himself in an Iron Man suit. Uh, but it, it, which I wonder how they licensed that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they have a good enough relationship where they're like, okay, we know this is a direct ripoff, but you have been great for the comic book world and our brand and right. all that. So we're just going to let this one go. Uh, but along those lines, Chris Hemsworth is in this freaking movie. Yeah. Um, Rosario Dawson returns as her character from Clerks 2. Method Man and Red Man show up talking about <laughs> fatherhood with Jay. That part was awesome. I I giggled at that one the most. <laughs> that is, and that scene specifically that they, there's a lot of dialogue in that quick scene. Like to me, that is the most Kevin Smith kind of dialogue I could possibly think he could write. <laughs> that is exactly how he is. Uh, and then, as I said, Jason Biggs and James Vanderbeek, who played the Jay and Silent Bob characters who would be becoming blunt man and chronic in strike back i know it's a lot it's like movie within a movie within a thing it's weird um they reprise their roles as versions of themselves in this which is fun uh brian quinn uh from impractical jokers but uh who is also on the tell him steve dave podcast with the comic book guys comic book men guys uh shows up in this and there's a whole long story i could go into about that but for sake of time that's just the taste of what, like, the the initial offerings of this story are. Kevin said he got 44 separate cameos for people who agreed to show up and do, you know, little bit parts in this movie. And I probably only mentioned, like, maybe 15. Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm, I'm very happy to see that we get to see Melissa Benoist and Val Kilmer there. But in the reboot within the movie, my real question is who's playing Cockknocker? Oh, um, um, he announced that. Because Mark Hamill is obviously not going to do it, but I'm hoping to get he a say? cameo from Oh, you know what he said? He said that it's it's not Mark Hamill. He, I don't think he said who it was, but he did say it was intended to be Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> but, but, but the, and, it, and it didn't the, end up being No, he Macaulay said the Culkin. schedules couldn't work out and he couldn't. Macaulay couldn't like get down there to do it, um, so I don't think he taught. So maybe the Cockknocker character won't be. Maybe it'll change it up. I don't know how it's going to work. Um, but yeah, but, and he's he talked about this like in like three four years ago when he really tried to start pushing for this project. He said it'll be a miracle if we can get Mark to do it again because you know no offense to Mark, but in two thousand and two thousand one his career was very different than it was right now. He's like, well, uh, yeah. I, I I got Star Wars right now, dude. I can't I can't appear as cock knocker right now <laughs> yeah. like take the workload away he's like i i'm i'm luke again i i can't do this right now uh, i feel like he still could you know i mean the kevin the kevin smith fans would love that but the rest of like the entertainment it, reporting well, he doesn't world, have to appear as cock knocker just get him in the movie as somebody. uh possibly is the actor formerly known as <laughs> cock knocker maybe. something like that so um, yeah, so what, what, how, how did this hit everybody else? I know I'm such in the bag for this stuff because, because I'm such a fan. Um, 
but out, out of everything that like whizzed by in the trailer in this, uh, what do you guys think? Did anyone else care? Cared? Yeah, I cared as soon as I seen it was coming out. I was actually hesitant to even watch the trailer. Um, because I want to say shortly after the trailer was launched, they announced the tickets for the Oaks Theater here. And we went through our process of getting our tickets for that night mm-hmm. and everything. And I still had not yet watched the trailer at that point. I was still holding off and holding off. And I was like, uh, like, I ended up watching it. And I still kind of wish I hadn't. I wish I had gone in fresh. Just like any time I watch a fucking yeah. trailer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like more of the same fun that we know from the first movie. Which, I mean, Kevin Smith delivers nothing but gold in my opinion. And I'll disagree with you on Tusk, by the way. I wanted to point that out. I Tusk has comedy. I'm sorry. There's <laughs> plenty of comedy in I Tusk. I think it's unintentional um, comedy in a way. Like, Well, I would not I characterize don't. it as a comedy. I wouldn't characterize it as a comedy, but I wouldn't characterize it as a horror drama. I'd characterize it as a horror comedy. All right. Um, Johnny Depp's Quebec inspector character. Okay, alone, I'll, I think. I will concede that, yes. Um... Moving on from that, but I would, I'm just looking forward to seeing this movie a hundred times throughout the course of my life, because I'm sure I will, just like every other Kevin Smith movie. So, I guess I'll just pass it along to the other guys here, and, because I'm in. I was on board when they announced the movie Mm -hmm. to begin with. I'm a fan of those movies, uh, although I still have yet to see Clerks 2. Um, I've seen all the other ones. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Yeah. Um, Clerks 2 is actually, I think, really, really, really strong. It might be one of my like top two. Oh wow! Okay, I, 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 I heard the moment it was, I can get it to. Like, I will let you borrow it. If I, I yeah, I heard works. it wasn't like, quite as good as the first. So, um, I, but I would disagree. Th- this this trailer, uh, it looks like a lot of fun, and I'm more than likely on board. Uh, I don't know. I, I like uh, everything that it has to offer, and um, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, Strike Back. So, and I, if I, from what I can tell, I think the formula and the the approach to it is going to resemble that sort of, like I said, like living cartoon feeling that Strike Back had. Yeah, and and, it, and that worked then. So I'm I'm excited to see it work again this time. Yeah. Brian? Uh, yeah, I'm in. I uh, I probably haven't... I've seen... I'm trying to think what Kevin Smith movies I've seen. I saw Zack Amiri. I saw uh, Strike Back. I saw Clerks. Um, now I'm trying to remember all the stuff you named. I, I'm with Andy. I have not seen Clerks 2. If, if you haven't seen... We need to have a never oh, yeah. seen if it you, well, If you haven't seen Mallrats, you would love the hell out of no, Mallrats. I have seen, yes, I have seen Mallrats, yes. Okay. Um... I feel like there's some there's another one in between there. Chase, I did I have seen Chasing, Chasing Amy. Amy. I have I have not seen Chasing Amy. Um I've ha- I have seen Jersey Girl though. Mm. What about Dog, Dog Um Not all the way through. I think I've seen Pieces. I have not sat down and watched that one. That's one I do have to sit down that, and watch. That that one is my favorite, I think. That's but I think, at the top uh, of my list. Yeah. I think Strike Back was the first Kevin Smith movie that I remember seeing in theaters. Mm-hmm. So this one still holds that kind of you know, a special place for me for that one. So I'm, I'm, and that was more, I think in line with what, what I like from his movies is like the strike back 
uh, part of it. So since this is basically that same movie, just modernized and in a different tone and stuff like that, I'm I'm on board for this. Yeah, I think it's gonna be great. Um, uh, th- th- there was a period after Tusk, especially where Kevin kind of fell out with the movie industry. Like he he chose to self distribute Red State because he was just utterly sickened and hated dealing with other people professionally. He he just hated the whole movie system. Um, in between the last couple of years, two big, huge other projects that he tried to, to really, really get off the ground for a long time, uh, being a, a, a third chapter of Clerks or a sequel to Mallrats, which went from being a feature film to then possibly being a series on, on some kind of like streaming service, potentially. Uh, nobody bit enough not none of the production companies he had everybody publicly announced other than ben affleck publicly committed to returning for mall rats too i was i was looking forward to that and i was looking forward it just to couldn't find a production home and so they couldn't get it off the ground so then this was basically like the last part of like maybe like the you know the trilogy well to try to go to um and i'm glad that it happened and and this like renewed relationship and and barrier that he kind of broke through to get you know back in touch with affleck for instance uh again said at his hall h panel that he's going to revisit trying to get clerks three made he's going to try to make a new story and and do whatever he needs to do with jeff anderson who plays Mm -hmm. randall to do whatever it is that they collectively need to do that he absolutely wants to do clerks three now after this i i seen recently and, it, and it's heartbreaking to me that he's only doing this in Jersey, but he's doing a single night, like a one night yes. only show where they're doing a live reading of the clerk's three script that he had. And like, it was like a hundred dollar ticket sold out yeah. in minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, like, because this is a script like he just go on tour with this, yeah. go on, like take this on tour and go everywhere. I will pay you more than a hundred dollars to go and sit and watch you read. Because that he script. also said like, this is the script that he's going to throw out after this like he's gonna rewrite the story he's go he he wants to do a, a completely different version now yeah um so yeah this will, this will basically like never see the light of day unless he chooses to you know self-publish or something yeah so i wanted to point out too i when we were when kevin was teasing this he put out that teaser poster for the the modernized blunt man and chronic the, the reboot that they're they're trying to go stop yep. and we're trying to I can't remember if he posed the question or if I posed the question, uh, just to try to see who would have been cast in those roles in this rebooted universe. And my thought was just from the poster, Melissa Benoist is chronic. And then I thought it was going to be Ben Affleck as Bluntman. I thought it'd be cool to have that Batman versus Supergirl dynamic yeah. to the fight. Which I they still end up getting. Right. They got a Batman. So I'm, I'm going to say I was like 75% right. But <laughs> they, I completely forgot that it was that Ben Affleck plays a character in the view of school year so so it wouldn't make sense if he was batman there because he'd basically be playing like two characters and that would be yeah i mean of, i guess in weird. fact he plays three or four because they played there he yeah I was gonna oh, that's say, true he, that's true because he was the guy in mall rats and, mall rats, too, and so so the character that is in Bartleby, yeah, yeah so the yeah the character that was in strike back and it is reappearing now in reboot is the character from chasing amy Okay, that's yes. who that character is. Yeah, the, that uh, yeah. Holden. Yeah, and the character Holden is not the one that is in Clerks Two. That is just some random Correct. customer. Yeah, 
And same goes for Jason Lee's character in Clerks 2 is not Banky. Correct. It is a it's pickle yeah. fight. It's a different character yeah, altogether. You guys haven't seen it, you or, don't know. Uh, you need Brody. to watch it and learn the story of pickle fucking. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so I just, I didn't make the connection. I didn't think about him having to do, like, d- dual roles. Otherwise, I probably would have picked the, made another guest for that. Yeah. But and, and I, was, I was close. Ah, that's okay. I, I feel <laughs> I feel all right about that one. I'm, I, I, feel, I feel we used the time to its full, and I, I'm happy about that. I mean, that was the one we ex- I feel like we expected to hit the timer for. I'm sorry if, if anyone yeah. feels that I didn't give them enough time to talk on that topic. <laughs> I waited until you were mostly done with your, your preamble before I started the timer, so hopefully that was enough for us. I think we covered uh, it thoroughly. Yeah. yeah, I think we did good. Um, all right, so we got a Onto the Marvel stuff, except we're not going to get into the Phase 4 stuff yet. There's one other Marvel topic to talk about that I put in here before we get to, to Phase 4. Um, the Where am I at? Uh, there was one bit of yeah news from Marvel TV. Uh, so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., anybody that's watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's currently in a sixth season. It will end after next summer's seventh season. Um, personally, I mean, I you know, no show lasts forever, but this was definitely one of my favorite TV shows on TV at the moment, so I will be very sad to see this end. Um, I'm glad they sort of have an end in sight and they're they're wrapping it up like on their own terms. Uh, hopefully that gets like a proper ending. Season five actually ended would have I think they expected to be canceled after five. So five is a very nice ending for the series, but then they got renewed for two additional seasons and it was curious to see where they go with it. I'm still really on board with this show. Uh, curious to see where it ends. I'm sad to see it go. I don't know, Josh. I know you haven't jumped into this yet. Um, Mike or Andy, have you guys dabbled in Agents of Shield at all? Uh, I have. I made it. Uh, oh man, how do I do this without spoilers? Um, <laughs> you don't know what season you made it. Yeah, to? Yeah, it was like three or four. Okay, so, so halfway it was, through. It was. Uh, I I have yet to watch the. Um, Ghost Rider. Okay. So. I'm trying to remember. That's yeah, I think that's where four. I got to. I think I got halfway through the Ghost Rider. I didn't even okay. That, so. Yeah, I think I think that was in four. So. But I enjoyed everything that I had seen up until that point. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, it's still on Netflix. So I I want to encourage anyone that that is even a little bit curious, try to dive in now before it goes to Disney Plus, and you have to pay them to see it if you're already Netflix subscribing. You just try to get into it now. I think it's totally worth watching. Gives me my Marvel fix when there's no movies and stuff. Like it, granted, as the series go, like it was marketed it as the show that is connected to the MCU. And the first season, there's a lot of overlap between what's happening in the movies and this TV show that was painstakingly done that way, it seemed like. But as the seasons went on, they just separated even further to the point where the snap in the five-year time gap is not even mentioned in the show right now, so it definitely feels like it's in its own like little universe compared to what's going on in the MCU, which I guess is justifiable. Endgame and Infinity War, the, the secrets around that movie were not told to people involved in the movie, so they obviously did not tell the TV department what is going on. So they couldn't write scripts for the upcoming season because they didn't know what was happening in the MCU, so that was a whole big thing. But even still... Uh, they're doing their own thing. I think they've carved out their real, a really nice little pocket for themselves in the Marvel realm. Um, it's still, I think, a little bit more light and fun, like the movies are, compared to like Marvel Netflix show, which are sort of darker and uh, more mature type of thing. Um, 
yeah, so it's just kind of my my two minute pitch of like watch the show because it's fucking worth it. Fair enough. Um, Josh, I know you've been putting it off. Are you at all intending to come back around to this show or no? I, I will eventually, I, I believe. And especially now that I know that there is a bookend to it and I know where that commitment is defined. Um, I, I don't know what their contract is because that's airing on ABC, which is also owned by Disney, but it's not. But so I don't know like where that falls in the Marvel Netflix licensing deals. Um, I mean, if the idea is that like Agents of Shield will be pulled off at the end of this year and put off and put on Disney Plus, I'm not going to get to it, or at least I'm not going to get through it all right. by the end of the year. Um, but I again, I live with the person I live with, and so we will be getting the <laughs> Disney Plus app. Um, so yeah, I'll get to it eventually. Yeah, I think to be fair, I don't know like if it's actually going to end up on Disney Plus. I assumed anything on ABC that you want to try to catch up on will probably eventually make its way to Disney Plus, whether it's right at the start or sometime in the future. And like you said, I don't know when the Netflix deal with that sort of expires, but I'm, I'm just assuming it's going to make the jump to Disney Plus eventually. Yeah, there's a list of things that are making that jump to Disney Plus that they have different dates for in different... Yeah, yeah so like, it could be a staggered release. This will all be by then. Like even Star Wars, they're like, it'll be by this date. They're all right. there. Same with the MCU. They're like, it'll be like a year, but they'll all be there. Yeah, they don't want to front load everything for the people that give the trial and then watch all the stuff they want and don't come back. They want to make sure people stick around for years. Um, I guess, Mike and Andy, I'll come back around to you guys. Do you intend to try to get jump on back on the show, finish it out? I It, it has always been my intent to do so. I It just shit happens and I, <laughs> I just never got back to it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I intend to. Probably do it soon, actually. Okay. Now that it's, you know. Well, if anybody, you know, decides to jump back in and start watching, or Josh, if you jump in and start watching, uh, whenever we get around to, like, uh, the what's what's up with you type of episodes, when we get back around to those, if, if anybody starts to dive in, I'm curious what people think. Surely. So it's something we can, we'll definitely come back to. Because I fucking love it. I, I, I talk highly of it at any chance I get. I think it, it gets, I don't know, like, um... I don't feel like people are talking about it enough. I think it's one of the one of those underrated shows where the people that watch it really like it, but people that haven't watched it for whatever reason don't really get a chance to, to check it out or don't want to check it out or don't think it's worth it. But it to me it's always again, been I'm... a very divisive show. Okay. People How either so? really, really, really like it and want it to keep going forever, or they just it's not the movies and they stop watching. Yeah, that's that's and yeah, it is not the movies. I think that's a big part of, of it's trouble is that it's not the movies it's the undercard and people aren't as hyped about seeing the undercard yeah i think it's anymore the, sort of the same when it first came it's the same argument i think i kind of use for like lost if people haven't seen lost before don't watch the show expecting questions to be answered and stuff for the larger universe watch it as a character show these characters are what drives the show these characters are what hooks me in and what I want to see continue and what happens to these people that I've watched for years now. And, you know, if you watch Lost expecting all the mysteries to be solved, you will leave <laughs> that show disappointed. If you watch it for satisfying character conclusions to these characters you've watched for that long and see just the journey that they go through, you will come out enjoying the show. So I would make that same argument with the show also. Uh, all right, so let's get to... Phase four. This was the biggest stuff that came out of uh, San Diego Comic Con. Marvel 
had their panel Saturday night. They dominated the news cycle for at least a full day, I would think. They announced shit like 11 things on this panel. And they, even at the end of it, Feige still teased like, okay, we're still working on this. We're still working on this. We have nothing to announce for this stuff right now, but it is coming. I feel like those are D23 announcements for sure. Maybe if if they were part of Phase 4, but I think they've said that all the stuff that we're going to talk about is Phase 4. It's two years worth of Disney Plus and theatrical releases, and that's it. So anything so you else? Think they have four movies for Phase 4, and that's no. it? But I think, and I'm kind of glad that if you're going to announce 11 projects that are going to be released over the course of 24 months, they're just going to overload people. So to continue to announce what's going to happen beyond that i i again i would feel like fatigued as hell like i i was surprised there wasn't an official announcement about black panther 2 and that's one of the ones he announced at the end he said we're working on black panther 2 captain marvel 2 he name dropped fantastic four and the mutants yeah. so that's the stuff they are guardians 3 that's right yeah right. guardians 3 i'm sorry one, right so the, i i don't know if they uh, would i i actually do kind of wish they hold off for a little bit because what everything that they did tell us is a hell of a lot to even consider digesting already right yeah um all right so let's get into it we got one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven things to touch on right. we're gonna give 10 minute timers for all of those um so i'm gonna go in the order that they or at least the article that i found the order in which they went down the article so starting with the eternals which was a movie that was rumored so we got the official announcement of this, and we got a look at the cast and director. So this is going to be starring Richard Madden as Icarus, Kamel Nanjiani as Kingo, Lauren Ridloff as Makari. See, I'm going to butcher all these names because I don't know any of these people <laughs> and any of these characters. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos. Selma Hayek as Ajak. Liam McHugh as Sprite. Don Lee as Gilgamesh. And Angelina Jolie as Thena. Uh, it will be directed by Chloe Zhao, and it is planning to come to theaters November 6th, 2020. So where are we at on this one? I think well, one of the things I was surprised at, because Keanu Reeves has been rumored for this movie a lot too, and his name was nowhere attached to this, so I guess they didn't work that out or didn't get him in the movie. Or that was just horse shit from the internet. I don't know. Can't <laughs> They're saving him for Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> that actually was one of the points I wanted to make, was they, I really like Richard Madden. And I was actually crushed to see him there because he was one of my top choices to see as Reed Richards. Oh, okay. And like, I don't mind seeing him show up. Obviously, I, you know, I think he's a great person to bring into the MCU. I just was hoping for a different role for him. So I guess we'll see how this goes. Yeah. What about the uh, the rest of the cast? Anybody? Does anybody know anything about the Eternals? Because I don't. I know very little about I'm... the Eternals. I was sort of hoping that it was going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy sort of deal for me. Where I was going to be like, I don't know this, but it's Marvel. I'm going to go into it. And it ended up being one of my favorite Marvel movies. So I'm sort of hoping the same sort of thing is going to happen with this. Going into it uh, um, thinking, like, what the fuck are the Eternals? Other than, you know, obviously they're somewhat eternal. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know very little about most of the characters. Um, Sprite has turned up a few times in other comics that I've read. Um, the rest of them, 
I know almost nothing about. And even Sprite, it you know, I never went down the rabbit hole of figuring out who the character was. She was just kind of there. Um, and, I mean, for me, the only cast cringe is Angelina Jolie, just because I generally don't enjoy her personally. Um, as an actress. Visually, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. But as an actress, I, I've never really been on board uh, with her. And I believe it wasn't... I know there was another one I had a problem with. It was listed as a cast member. Was it Aquafina in this as well? Yeah, she's in. Or was she's that in Shang Chi. Okay, yes. then I will save that criticism for them. <laughs> um, just, just somebody make a note that I will be shitty to someone later. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's not that. It's it, you know, it, it's it's not really. I will see how Angelina Jolie does with this. If she's playing a villain, I don't know anything about Thena. I don't know if Thena is a villain, is a hero. I can't buy Angelina Jolie as a hero. As a villain, I, she might I'm not be bad. I'm inclined to think that she may be because Feige, specifically when he introduced Selma Hayek, referred to her as the leader of the Eternals. Yes, good So point. unless Jolie is playing some other important but ancillary character a la like the collector to the Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's Angelina Jolie, so in a much more prominent role and whatnot... Um, I, I would be left with the impression that she is on the villainous antagonist side. So you're telling me we're getting Selma Hayek versus Angelina Jolie? I freaking hope so. <laughs> yeah, right. I like where this is going. <laughs> no, but that's actually like, something that I was excited because, um, <laughs> Angelina Jolie, if, she is not a villain. Well, no. well, <laughs> well, they also, they also just... changed what the scrolls are so far. Scrolls have been what they are there in different versions of the scrolls in the comics, though. Yeah, fair enough. But Fina Fina is associated as a member member of the Eternals, and also a member of Heroes for Hire. Oh, okay. Strangely enough, really okay. Yes, um, those are the two team affiliations they list for Fina. We gonna see Luke Cage and Danny Rand pop up in this movie? I will take <laughs> Danny one of those. I highly doubt hey guys, it. Guys, I'm Danny Rand. Hey, I'm Danny Rand. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. We know you're fucking Danny Rand. <laughs> Alright, new project. I want Andy to do both seasons of Iron Fist as like one minute episodes apiece. As like, as like a one man show. Yeah, summarize the first episode. Summarize the second yeah, episode. That's that's your homework. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I mean I think back to Angelina Jolie in the Tomb Raider movies, which the movies aside, she could be an action actor. I think of her in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, granted, it's been 14 years even since that one. Um, I still fucking love that movie. Oh, I do. But, you know, so I'm not sure if anything about her capabilities would change, etc. Um, but I could totally buy her in something that's action. And I think that's what I'm also hoping is there's something to this that is somewhat action-oriented. I think I'm exactly on board with the Guardians of the Galaxy sentiment that there's going to be comedy, I, action, heartfelt moments, really cool effects. You know, it's just but I'm just waiting to be shown. That's pretty much the MCU now, since Guardians kind of shifted the meta on what we were going to get out of the movies. Quite sure. 
Um, but I, I'd like for it to carve out its own niche mm. so that we're not calling it the next Guardians of the Galaxy. I'd rather. Well, I'd like to be surprised. Be in its that way. own. Yeah, that's thing. what I was. That that was what I was trying to impart was that I wanted. I want to. I want to like the Eternals, but I don't know anything about them, so I would like to be. Yeah. Hey, the Eternals cool instead of like, oh God, it's that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hoping we never end up with another one of those Marvel movies. <laughs> I'm hoping that doesn't happen ever again. But who the hell knows? You know. But yeah, I, I'm hoping the same thing for something that's completely unknown to me to blow me away. Brian, your thoughts? You've been, uh, you've been quiet. Yeah, I've been trying to let you guys go. Um, I, yeah, I don't know too much of it. I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm hoping it's a surprise type of thing, like uh, Guardians. I mean, at this point, Marvel's getting my money regardless of what they put out. So even <laughs> oh if it's, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, if it's something I know nothing about like this, I I will I will be there to check it out. I'm am curious to see how it comes together like a first trailer will give me a better sense of what this is what the tone is where where these beings are if this is cosmic if this is just very far in the past like i i know nothing about what this is so any any little details i can get i think at this point will will help but either way like i said i'm on board i'm in and that is i was interesting because i think of all no that wasn't the latest for some reason i thought that was the latest one that they would be released, but that they started the presentation with. Um, but that's not true. I got my streams crossed. Which, yeah, I think I'm looking at the at the release calendar that they put up. And I maybe I'm doing this out of order because Eternals is third on the list. So I'm going to refine my list from here on out to, yeah. to sequentially where it's supposed to go. Because it's third. Well, third. Third. Right. Sequentially, but it will only be the second theatrical. Correct. Okay. Yes. Um. So bringing us back around to the first theatrical release, which is the the movie that I think we've maybe heard the most about recently that apparently had gone into production, which I was still like people have talked about it. They've been like set pictures and stuff, but Marvel had yet to officially announce that this movie was happening. So they finally did now, which is Black Widow. So Scarlett Johansson's coming back, reprising her role as Natasha. Um, she will be joined by David Harbour as Alexi. Which I think Mike made the comment, which I've to me, and I know I've seen it on Twitter too, where it's funny that if you've watched Stranger Things three, how he gave Alexi shit, and now he is in a movie oh. <laughs> playing a character called Alexi. I am stupid. <laughs> um, which the the Marvel release says Alexi, aka the Red Guardian. So I don't know anything about them either. Uh, Florence Pugh as Yelena. Uh, Ot. I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Fagbini. Good enough. As Mason. Uh, and Rachel Weiss as Melina. Kate Shortland is directing. This one comes to theaters May 1st, 2020. Uh, so I, did, did, was anyone paying attention? Did they tell when this movie takes place? It has to be pre-Endgame, right? Is this a prequel to Natasha's What story? I heard was it's, it's, um, it's the segue between Civil War and Infinity War for her. Okay, so this is when she she kind of goes off on her no, Winter Soldier she left on her own. So I'm thinking of a different different ending of the movie. Okay. Well, so, yeah, because I guess Civil War I'm thinking she would have been part of like Cap's team. No, she eventually yeah. finds Cap. She team. was yeah, she was on both sides in that. But yeah, she and then she vanishes because she shows up in Infinity War as part of like the Secret Avengers. 
Yeah, they they all vanish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. After Civil War, they all just kind of take off, and that's why it was like that big momentous thing, like oh, Cap's back in Infinity War. Right. Okay. But yeah. I that that that's that was just hearsay. I didn't read that anywhere. It was just okay. something I was talking about at work with somebody and mm. they said, This is oh. what I heard and I was like, oh, I'm gonna spew that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I have the perfect outlet. <laughs> Spreading just... <laughs> rumors. Uh the one thing I think I did see that came online, I don't know if it was from the panel or if it just somehow find its way online. I so I don't know if it's legit or not, but it was like look like production art of Black Widow fighting Taskmaster. Oh, I don't know what Taskmaster is, and don't tell me. <laughs> okay. I, Taskmaster, I the only thing I'll tell you typically about Taskmaster is that he's generally a Deadpool villain. Mm, okay. Oh, a villain of uh, Deadpool. Not not a Deadpool-type villain. No, yeah, he, he appears in Deadpool comics as a villain. Gotcha. Doesn't he also do a lot of Thor? Uh, Cap was my I, as far as I knew he did a lot of Captain America and Deadpool as villains. He's not like a cosmic villain. Which yeah, I feel he like... couldn't. He would stand up to Thor about okay. nil, as far as I know. Like, I won't spoil any of his powers, even though they've been around for decades uh, for Josh. But he's a very interesting villain, if that is the case. Hmm. Yeah, again, I don't know how much it's will legit. be very fun. That's what I had seen, at, like, around the time this movie was being talked about after it was officially released, or, like, officially announced or whatever. Um, that's the kind of key art that I kept seeing pop up everywhere. So, someone I mean, got that somewhere. Given the power set, it makes sense for Black Widow. It makes sense that she would be a good hero to struggle against him. Yes, yeah. Um, we did not get any confirmation if Hawkeye is in the movie. I... Yeah, so we don't know if it's Budapest or not. Yeah, I mean, part of me kind of wants it to include that, but then I feel like for me, the 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 Han Solo movie, everything that I know about that character, it felt like they they made a movie just to make sure that they put like four or five major beats in it. That was all the lore about Han Solo, and we're going to show you every single one of them, because apparently every single thing that he's famous for happened within, like, a month of each other. <laughs> right. um, that's what I worry about going that route with, with Black Widow, is... Yeah. They... Uh, yeah, it just... It'll be shoehorned in, like, that... They, they Like, they have to work the entire story around that. Keep the mystique. Yeah, like, I'm fine with it. Um, I, I almost hope it's a prequel... To almost everything like maybe like maybe the end of the movie after like presuming that i'm making a lot of assumptions let's say she's still in the red room let's say she's still russian operative that's what this is about and her character turn occurs um starts to turn by the end of the movie and just as the movie closes you know she mentions a a, a mission in budapest and that's like literally like the last like two minutes of the movie. Fine, I'm good with that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm wondering if it is like some sort of flashback or prequel, like how far back they're going. Because I'm with Mike. I think the I think the logical thing they keep mentioning Budapest all the time. So I just want to see that mission sort of play out. Great. And if that's the case, you do need, I think you do need to have Hawkeye as part of that mission. Absolutely. But I feel like if he's not 
as integrated into the rest of it, then his presence there is it's going to feel very forced. It's going to be like one scene. He's going to be in it for five to seven minutes. And why is he there? Because you wanted to see this scene. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they go to Budapest and they actually reveal that that's where Hawkeye got superpowers and everybody can shut the fuck up about Hawkeye not being superpowered. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I'm just. It could happen. Uh, yes, I'm, we'll see. I was, I, my last thought on it: I am happy that after they took this long to get to this, that if in theory this this really could be the last time Black Widow is is in a story, if right. it was going to happen this way, I am glad this is how they are kicking off Phase Four. This this is the yes. very first yeah. anything that they are giving us is Natasha's story because God damn it, did Scarlett Johansson earn that yes yeah over mm-hmm. nine years of of being in in those movies yeah yeah i'm excited for this i, I do want to see a lot of the stuff like i i know i'm excited now but i feel like i will get a lot more excited just after a first trailer definitely yeah. they, they always there's, went, there's so they much of this that cut really good trailers so i, I always look forward to those star wars might have could have a first one Oh, for something that's coming in out May. in May, yeah, yeah, that would be a good, it's possible, good idea. It's a good place to show it off, given how many people are going to be in the theater mm-hmm. for that. I also wouldn't be surprised too, because they are shooting this now. I think, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if next month D twenty three gets a trailer. Because I think they said in the the I, I posted a link. Um, someone you know, someone in the audience shot the entire Hall H presentation. Um, mm. not just like the highlight reel. And I think Kevin Feige made a comment that like they're filming right now in England and they flew back in for the weekend just for this. Um, so yeah, I think they're like actually in the middle. Cause I mean, it makes sense. Like they typically have these things like principal photography in the can almost a year right. before. Cause then it takes so long yeah. for, uh, for post-production. Which the only thing with that is like I don't know if they, if they debut a trailer D twenty three if it will be released to the public or if it's just for that show. Possibly like they may have a trailer together. They might just show it to the people in attendance, and we won't see it for another couple months. So that could also happen. Do they still do that? Like Mar- Marvel oh, Disney yeah. specifically? Like do they control that stuff? They did it with Star Wars. Yeah, they did it with the Star Wars stuff like the Mandalorian. Brian was at the show, and I was watching right, at yeah. home live streaming it. And he got to watch the trailer and like uh, clip. so much there was a clip too. Yeah, like like yeah, like actual clip from the show that I eventually got to watch because somebody in the uh, audience was nefarious in their recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, okay. I didn't know if they had given into the idea that like, look, we're not going to stop this, so let's just coordinate our advertising around it. Which is the way I think it should be. It's like, you're going to, this stuff's going to get out one way or the other. Either you can let the crappy, shitty bootleg copy come out that people are going to watch, or just release it high def on your own and have people come to your YouTube channel or wherever. Filter them to your thing to have them watch it. All right. Yep. But yeah, you know, they they still want to make attendance mandatory in some way. Like, you get something for being at the show. Sure, makes sense. Something exclusive because you are paying the money to be there. So, they they, they still try to do stuff like that, yes. 
Um, anything last last round for Black Widow? Anything to add? Nothing. Okay. Uh, next one uh, is the first one coming to Disney Plus: Falcon and Winter Soldier. Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan are back with they announced Daniel Bruhl is coming yes. back as Baron Zemo, and that will be sometime in the fall of 2020. So, Josh, I can tell you're excited. Daniel Bruhl's coming back. Oh yeah, I've I've been a Daniel Bruhl champion since the the, <laughs> the production pre-production stuff of of Civil War. I knew he was going to be badass in that. I'm hoping we get the costume this time. Not just like him get him in the Baron Zemo costume too. That would be So fun. there's another like pro- maybe I'll have to try to find it after the show and send you guys. There was Another type of production key art that was floating around associated with this announcement. And it was, I think, leftover production art with the Zemo costume. Like the the mask, the purple mask with the eye slits cut out and everything. Um, that they thought about using, for, yeah, for Civil yeah. War. So, if, they never, if it's just floating around and they didn't have a reason to put him in the costume in that movie. And they want to do that for this show. They could actually have a costume maybe ready to go or at least designed. Which would be cool to see. I would love to, and a lot of the stuff that, because you would think like at the end of Civil War, I mean, he might have gone to Max Security Prison, he might have gone to the Raft, but then how does the snap affect, like, you know, like some of these, some of these events, they almost have to address, I feel like to some degree, they almost have to address the snap event in every one of these properties to some degree. Yeah, whether it plays a, yeah. a big vital role or not, it's got to be some kind of explanation as to how it impacted things. Mm. Mentioned, yeah. I mean, I, I could see it being how he gets out of jail. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, some way, somehow. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to to uh, get a little bit more uh, of his character fleshed out. It was one of the things that sort of bothered me about Civil War. As much as I like that movie, I, I felt like he didn't, they didn't flesh him out enough for me to really get behind him as the the, the sole antagonist of that. Yeah, they gave him a lot of exposition, but they did not give him good point. Yeah, uh, any real character development by his interaction with right, the right, and that and that bugged me a little bit because I wanted to really really like Civil War and a lot of it I really did, but that was that was one of my bugaboos. Sure. And he was actually one of the few villains that was left on the board after his movie. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're they're keeping him in play. Uh the only thing that makes me sad is that we're, we're we got so close, so close to getting it, but because in this timeline that they're going from, Cap is now gone. So we are not gonna get our Road trip in the Volkswagen. Yeah, uh, the, the yeah. three Captain Americas and the <laughs> <Yes>. Beetle. <laughs> that would have been, yeah, that would have been perfect for the Disney Plus show. Yes. Just add it to one of the episodes of the, the you know the five minute sequence in one of the episodes for the yeah. show instead of taking up two hour runtime for the movie somewhere. But there's still what if. Ah, that's true. Uh, what uh, if? Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. But yeah, that that chemistry that they gave Anthony Mackie and and Sebastian starting in Civil War. Uh, they play off each other really well. Yeah, I'm excited to see the two of them, like a like a buddy cop type of thing. I I feel like would be awesome for this show. Um, do we like? Do we think that we're gonna have Falcon as Captain America? Should this be titled Captain America and Winter Soldier? I think the end of the season. 
he's he gets gonna, his costume and stuff. I, I I think he's gonna pick up the shield and say, you know what, I you know like, and maybe he's gonna be struggling with whether he deserves it or not, or whether he should use it. Okay, as opposed yeah, yeah. to just having it as a keepsake, whether or not it's something he should don the title or not. It, gotcha. I'm, okay. I, just throwing this out here, but I'm betting that most of the season is Winter Soldier trying to convince Falcon to take up the Cap Mantle. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Do, do you think he needs convincing, or it's more of assisting him along a path that he already wants to go, but he's not quite sure how to do it? Right, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah, a little bit of both, honestly. Because uh, cause how, like... how do you fill those shoes? I mean, holy fuck. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> On your Good left, point. indeed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, and that's kind of the other aspect of it is you can, he can never actually fill cap shoes, but he has to accept that he's not going right. to. I, I am making that the unofficial subtitle of that show. <laughs> Falcon and Winter <laughs> Soldier. Indeed. On your left, indeed. <laughs> Comma, indeed. <laughs> Um, well, I feel like, too, if they're bringing Zemo back, they have to be somehow tackling the Winter Soldier programming in Bucky also. I don't think you bring Zemo back without having that. It's definitely a tool he has. That, like, yeah, the possibility of seeing Winter Soldier turn again. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be like in the back of, you know, the in the back of the show, like at any moment he could turn and they, he could be a problem. Um, doesn't Zemo at, at some point in the comics have some sort of serum sort of thing happen to him? Like where he, he gets to be a little bit more superpowered instead of just, you know. I don't know, Mike, do you know the answer to that? I, I feel like I remember scenes of him going hand to hand with Cap. Right. It, it, but I can't recall how we got there personally like I, I i know i've seen like those battles where he's like giving it the cap a bit but i oh yeah yeah a little bit <laughs> um poor wording choice i'm sorry uh, phrasing. <laughs> but uh, he's giving him the business okay he's giving him the business he, but... that's not better <laughs> you're just digging yourself deeper man yeah <laughs> fighting and not losing horribly um, that's better. That's better. I feel like that happens in the comics a couple of times, and I, again, it may be because of a super soldier serum kind of thing. It may be something else. I just don't remember. Um, just final thoughts. I did send you guys the picture of the production art that I found for Zemo. I saw that pop up. So it looks amazing. Check it looks it out. Really, yeah, let me know really what you think. Cool, yeah. If that's what he looks like on the show, then yep. Yeah, so I'm hoping I'm hoping they stick with that since the design is already done. If it was unused, it's just sitting there waiting to get used. So now's the time. The one thing that I, if if they go some route like that where they would mostly be obscuring Daniel Grohl's face, I hope it's done well. And maybe they do a slight alteration because he's one of those actors who has such good control over using his face for conveyance. I think that's why they keep the eye slits open in the mask. I think I think you could give him the eyes and, and do more there. Yeah. As opposed to just like, you know, putting like the white covers or something like Deadpool over the right, mask. Right. Well, that's like the traditional look, isn't it? Is like in the comics, he has a you can't see his eyes through right, the mask. Right. It's a traditional, more Deadpool-y kind of thing. 
Yeah, so that design at least gives him some sort of facial features to play with. If they if they go with that mask. Cool. Uh, anything else for this show? Or move on to the next one? Nothing? Alright. Uh, next movie. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So this is starring... I'm going to butcher everybody's name. Yeah. Simulu as the title role of Shang-Chi. Uh, appearing alongside him is Aquafina in an undisclosed role. Tony Luang as the real Mandarin. Uh, it will be directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Cretton? Uh, releases February 12, 2021. So this is another one that's been rumored for a while, and we finally got our official confirmation that this is happening. Uh, Asian actors in the roles, so that's got to win some points for Marvel. Um, I, I Again, this is another character I don't really know anything about. Legend of the Ten Rings is... So that's definitely a Mandarin... Uh, callback. Yes, um, and I'm excited to do what they what they to see what they do with the real Mandarin. Well, I feel like this is going to be in the past because I still feel like there's that hanging Trevor Slattery head surgery to make him look like the Mandarin. So perhaps you said Tony Lung, Ling, L- yeah, Luang Lung, yeah, is, is playing the real Mandarin. Perhaps he's playing a young version or younger version of the Mandarin. Um, so I got a deep cut MCU type of question. Does anybody have you guys watched all the like uh, the the one shot movies that were on the DVDs for uh, the Marvel movies when they, when they used to do them? You're, you're talking about Hail to the King, right? Yeah, the one from Iron Man three. Yeah, I yeah. have not. No. So that so there was they there's an extra. Uh, feature for the Iron Man 3 DVD where they follow Trevor Slattery in prison and he's being interviewed by like a news uh, organization talking about his time as the Mandarin and all that stuff uh, and we get a, we also get a Justin Hammer cameo in there too awesome. yeah. um, but at the end of that uh, the reporter ends up being in league with the real Mandarin and they the sort of I think they rings, capture yeah. yeah they capture Trevor and take him away to report to the guy that he's been impersonating for that entire movie. I'd have to watch that again. Which I think my memory of, of it's been a few years since I've watched it admittedly, but yeah, I think I got the impression that they were going to kill him. Not that he right. was being taken. Well, I, well yeah, that he I was being like, they were going to kill him in that room. Not that like they were taking him away. Uh, okay. I was thinking they were taking him to hit to the real Mandarin. They very well, like I said, I, that's why I gave the caveat of it's been a while. So I could be misremembering okay. that. And I haven't watched it either, so maybe I'm misremembering details as well. But the gist of it mm-hmm. is, you're you're they established that there is a real Mandarin somewhere existing in that time yeah. period. So whether or not if it is a like a flashback prequel type of thing, then the Mandarin must make it out of that movie as as a younger person and then still alive in present day to fuck with Trevor. Well, yeah, I mean, in part of the Ten Rings is the Mandarin is supposed to be pretty ancient in the comic books, isn't he? Because he has the ten rings, he's able to kind of defy age. Okay. Yeah, see, I don't know if I know that detail either. This is another one like the Eternals that there, there's a... Yeah. Uh, those those two specifically I'm very excited about. Because wh- while I know the sequels to the other movies and, and, and then Black Widow will be awesome, I'm really looking forward to just completely brand new shit that I know nothing about. Yeah. yeah. Um... But yeah, I'm looking forward to their interpretation of the Mandarin and how they 
utilize the character in the story because I feel like they're going to introduce the Mandarin here and tell you the story of the Ten Rings and perhaps this maybe is one that doesn't necessarily have a happy ending and the Mandarin wins um, and that we then learn that the Mandarin is a major threat in the MCU going forward and that we get, okay. you know, maybe he's been up to something in the shadows since the events of All Hail, or Hail to the King. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I am hoping. Well, I'm hoping. I think it might be easier for them to do a story that takes place post, at least Iron Man one, if not caring for to Iron Man three. Because I, I think in the back of my mind, and, and maybe other people, all I'll be thinking of is, well, if it's a prequel, how does it tie into the beginning of Iron Man one? And where are those guys? And the, the person who was the leader of that group out in the desert? Like, I, I it'll be difficult for me to keep that out of my mind and so if 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 i if i know just going forward like okay this is afterward it's it's not going to nor should it you know have to connect back into some beginning point then that'll be easier for me to just sit back and enjoy it did you were you trying to connect captain marvel the whole time you tried to watch it most of it the first time yeah especially especially the nick fury side Yeah, I'm I'm with Josh. The continuity of it, as I like, I like seeing the the Easter eggs and connecting the dots and how things connect together like that. So, I'd probably be doing the same thing he is. Well, I mean, it, the the assumption can be made also that the, um, Raza, who was the guy in the desert in the first one, mm-hmm. it, the assumption can be made that he's part of the fake Ten Rings the whole time. You think? Like he's, I mean, he's he's part yeah. of um, uh, oh, shit. What's his name? Aim. Um, you mean like Aim. Killian? Yeah, 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 yeah. That he was part of it, that. Like, yeah, that he was part of a false ten rings, a false Mandarin leading him through somebody like Killian, because they predate Killian's adversity to Tony to well before Iron Man one. Right. So potentially that was all a false mandarin at the time they were using that term perhaps thinking that the real mandarin was dead and turns out okay. oh no he's not i'm just throwing it out there it's just yeah, an I idea by that but i i feel like the legend of the 10 rings has to be something that takes place in the past all right fair point the the only thing i'm um not uneasy about but i think i said this in my uh uh facebook comments about the story post after comic-con is you have eternals in november of 2020 and this is only three months later in february i i like how the movies are spaced out a bit more in 2021 even though dr strange is only three months after this Uh, again with everything else that they're packing in 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 so long i i I do think they need to just slow down a little bit. I if they release something once a month, I'd be happy. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. More yeah. content, more of this stuff, I'll be happy. That, that I don't feel like I'm getting burnt out on this. I feel like people say, "Oh, they're burnt out on Star Wars. They're burnt out on Marvel." I'm not personally. Okay. I'm speaking to myself. Business wise, yeah, maybe they're getting some people burned out, but not me. Fair enough. 
Yeah, I feel like I'm 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 with Mike on this. I I like their release schedule. I think it's spaced out enough, and they they're hitting around the same dates. Like you're sort of at this point expecting something in November, you're expecting something in May, and then somewhere in between, whether it's you know July after May or February or after November, some somewhere in there, there's going to be the third one floating around. Um, and I'm with Mike. I will I will digest as much <laughs> as they throw at me. I do not care. I like you're you almost don't not that you don't have time but like you're you're it gives you enough time to sort of digest and and take in something else and right when you're feeling like oh man i gotta wait for oh it's okay next one's up let's go <laughs> continuously feeding the habit yeah that's that's true i need my marvel fix <laughs> like i'm looking at that schedule right now and i'm like i gotta wait how long till something else is out yeah but it, at this point it's literally like six weeks if you have eleven <laughs> properties over twenty four months, yeah, but yeah, like now an average of until two that schedule starts, right? So it's even more cramped. So between now and and May of next year, so between May and De- and November of the following year is eighteen months, eleven exactly. things. Jesus Christ! And that what's going to happen is like I the need. stuff that hits. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if like the stuff that hits Disney Plus is like you know, 10 episodes or something and they release them weekly. So like the movies come out Mm. and then the the show comes out right after that. And you have 10 weeks of build up for that. And then when the show ends, you're in your next movie. I'll actually say, I mean, again, I'm going to have to carry this thing every month until (laughs) the world is no longer a thing or Disney owns earth. But I will actually like it less if they do a weekly release. I've gotten so used to and appreciate the series dump model so much more i feel like there's not too many places that do that anymore though i think amazon still does that i think they do netflix does it but like cbs dc uh yeah uh, i was surprised dc went that way um i think hulu does it their original programming they do a season dump yeah okay yeah i guess yeah i guess i don't see i don't remember if they announced that or not i can't remember if i read that detail or not so we'll have to wait and see how they do it right but I would not be. Su- I think the Mandalorian is a season dump. Oh, see, I thought that was weekly. I thought too. I heard that was weekly. So okay, well then we. I heard wrong. And it, I'll assume. And I'm if wrong. that's going to Disney Plus, you, I kind of assumed maybe the other shows would be like anything hitting that platform would sort of follow that same model. Right. Fair enough. But I yeah I don't know I guess we'll again we'll have to figure out whenever we get closer to release. Um, did you have? Oh, <laughs> never mind. I was going to ask if Andy, Andy, do you have anything to add? I feel like you're a little bit quiet. Um, I, I do know that the uh, lead actor of this Shang-Chi, I didn't even say it right, but um, uh, <laughs> has been Twittering Marvel constantly about playing this role before he <laughs> got cast as the role. And he is a big proponent of actually getting an Asian American or just an Asian descent superhero. So I, I think yeah. Twitter is a bit of a buzz about this, and uh, everyone's pretty excited from what I can tell. Yeah, that's actually kind of fun. I did not know that nice. detail. And I will throw in my Aquafina. I don't, I like, I can respect her as an artist all she wants, but as an actress, I've seen her smirk in every line she's ever delivered. So I'm not necessarily thrilled about that. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know who that is. So we'll see what she does. She's a rapper. 
and she's been in like one or two movies, one of which was like Neighbors Two or Bad Neighbors Two. And then she was in uh, she was in Ocean's Eight and Crazy Rich Asians. Yes, and I'm pretty sure she okay. smirks every time she delivers a line. It's nothing it, like she might be a good rapper. I don't listen to rap music, but she, she might be good. I don't. I don't think I knew she was a rapper. That's yeah, how she started. She, yeah, she was a, a musical performer. I think. Or became known as a musical performer before she became known as also being an actress. Huh. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a fan of her as an actress. I she worked well on SNL. She did good. But in movies I have not been impressed. Okay. Uh on to the next Disney Plus show, which is WandaVision. This I'm excited uh, this- for. Reunites Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany reprising their roles as Wanda and Scar uh, Vision. I was going to say Wanda and Scarlet Witch. Uh, co-starring with them is Tayona Paris, uh, whom Feige revealed would be playing the adult Monica Rambo. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. from okay. Captain Marvel. Um, and arrives on Disney Plus Spring of 2021. So this was the one that. I can't. I, I keep hearing rumors of like something about 1950s, and I have no idea what's going on with that. I don't think they talked about that at the show, like time period wise, where this takes place, how this works, because Vision's dead. Yeah. I have no idea what's yeah, happening. That's it. Look, watch, watch. If you get if you get time, either like to piss away while you're at work or at at, at home during the night, and you're like you're making dinner, you're doing something else. Throw on that link of the whole Hall H panel that I threw out because there's a lot of more like interim comments that like Feige makes that got cut out of the highlight okay. reel. And yeah, you're right. He didn't make mention of like time hopping or a time or, or a period piece. He actually did say the events take place post Endgame. Oh. Which exactly that was my exact reaction. Like what? The, what? What? Who? What? Her. Okay, so um, this is gonna sort of spin into the next one because I thought, uh, yeah, this part of the next thing we're gonna talk about the Doctor Strange mm-hmm. sequel, um. They they added in the press release, uh, so the the title for for that one is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, right. and it says in the press release, Doctor Strange in the Universe Multiverse of Madness will connect with the Disney Plus series WandaVision. Yes, and Scarlet Witch will also be not to hop over it will also be in Doctor Strange. Right. So if they are confirming that it's post Endgame and somehow Vision is involved in this show, mm-hmm. if there is a multiverse thing happening here. I could buy that. Sure. Yeah, I well, I mean, that's the that's the question we don't have the answer to is, is this this universe's version of both of them? Perhaps this is a completely separate Wanda and Scarlet Witch. Or Wanda. See, they uh, do that with this damn see, name. Of the, it's the name too. of the show. The name of the show is bullshit. <laughs> it might sound interesting, but WandaVision, I hate the name for the show. I love the idea of everything else about it. <laughs> It's like that Wonka name Vision. fucks me up every time I go to say it. Yeah. So, so could that maybe Scarlet be the connection? Is Vision. eventually like Doctor Strange encounters her, a different version of her, in another dimension? Perhaps. Like, and, uh, and the I, version he's finding is the version that we're watching this show about. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's all speculation. So any of that sounds like it could work. Like they could, they could, I could see them spinning a story where that makes sense. There's also the fact that they say that Vision can be rebuilt without the Mind Stone in Infinity War. They go great lengths to make it clear that he does not need the Mind Stone to exist. 
to to exist, I would be curious as to like Thanos broke off the front of his head. Well, it, it can be rebuilt. He's just a machine. To your right, point, right. Mike, if that was the case, why did they not be, rebuild him in the five years that they? Uh, yeah, that would be what my wasn't wasn't Shuri snapped. Wasn't Shuri, Shuri was snapped. snapped? And Shuri she was, was the one that was able to do it. And Tony was gone. Ruff, Ruffalo. Okay, was there, so you didn't though. have the people to do. All right, I'll buy that. Uh, well, to- Tony got Tony was gone for a little bit, but Tony got back to Earth. He was there that whole five years. Ruffalo was there. They were the two that initially made him. Oh, With the Mind Stone, though. I I agree. I'm just saying I, I'm going to need a good explanation. I, I my explanation is they were not able to build him without the Mind Stone to begin with. And they needed the Wakandan technology to have any chance of doing it. And they also, why would they, is the other point. Why would they rebuild Vision? What reason would they have to do it? It's a member of the team. I feel like... There was no team. They would have done that for anyone. Right, but they would have done that for anybody else. He still had a lot of abilities and powers outside of what the Mind Stone allowed him to do. That was the impression I got. They weren't doing anything, is what I'm getting at. They were dormant they weren't out there fighting anything tony went and settled down with a family cap was having you know emotional meetings with people about their lives and all that after that right but they they were under the impression they couldn't save everyone else i think vision having a body there on the planet they if you're saying they could have rebuilt i feel like i'm with josh i I need an explanation okay so they're missing shuri i I can sort of buy... I'll give you half a point for that one, but I'm with Josh. I think with Tony and Bruce there, they could have figured it out, or at least attempted. We could have seen... That's Maybe it's something that got cut, because that movie is fucking long enough already, but even just seeing a scene of them trying to work on Vision and realizing they can't would be good enough for me as to why he doesn't come back. Okay. Let me quickly ask uh, Mike something, because... Phil, as far as like actually getting deep into being a comics reader, you probably have the most to pull from. Um, does something? Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> but it, it, do you? What do you think is potentially their reason for specifically bringing back Monica Rambo into this story? I have no clue. Why oh, okay. Disney hates child actors? Any child actor they have in these movies apparently well, survived no. the five I mean, that, year that snap, was, and they are old now. Older. Well, no, I mean that was nineteen ninety five when she was a child actor. Oh, that's fair. Okay, fair point. Fair so, point. Yeah, I mean it's as far as why photon makes sense. I have no fucking clue. I I don't know of any connection. I mean, it, she was at one time a member of the Avengers. She was at one time all this, but she never was a particularly big character. Mm-hmm. She she was a side character that you know didn't get a whole lot of um, screen time, if you will, over the course of Marvel Comics history. And I'm sure there's something somewhere in the depths of the Marvel library that connects her to Vision or Scarlet Witch in some way, significantly. But I don't I don't know it. Okay. I mean, it'll be fun to find out. Of course, I didn't know if there was anything about about her that like organically made you feel like, oh yeah, I could see how this could work. I mean, she's a cool ass character. I'm glad to see her <laughs> show up, but story wise, I got nothing. 
Now, to be fair, they don't say she's coming in as Photon. They just say it's the adult Monica Rambo. I mean, why the hell else would she be there? I'm just saying, I don't want you to, to you know, predict that and then it not happen. I'm saying there's even the less possibility for her to connect with them, specifically, if she's not experiencing some kind of superpowers. That's Maybe fair. We'll and I mean, I would assume that too. That in this, perhaps? trying yeah we could we could see and maybe that's part of the multiverse maybe she becomes captain marvel in that multiverse and carol never does okay is that something weird there that happens is that what photon effectively is that persona very similar yeah i mean i believe there is brief periods where she takes up the mantle of captain marvel but it didn't last for long because people weren't behind it as much for some reason Mm mm-hmm but um, she she had several names in the comics, but Photon was the most common, and obviously Captain Marvel was the next most common that she was. So maybe that's what it is. Multiverse, we're getting a Captain Marvel where perhaps her mom was exposed to something that caused it to go to her instead of Carol being the one that was exposed? Mm. Who knows? Um, Andy, you got anything to add for this one? Uh, not not, not a lot, <laughs> honestly. Um, <laughs> Are you indifferent to this one? No, I, I think it's a really cool uh, process to it i guess i I don't know what else to to call it but uh i i'm really intrigued at how they're going to bring this about given what has already happened Mm -hmm. um so i i'm i'm excited to see it for sure um but it's still pretty well shrouded in mystery (laughs) so as with most of this stuff really uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. I don't, again, the time period thing throws me for a loop, especially if it's post-Endgame. I don't know how this is going to fucking work. So I'm I'm excited to see what they do and how they explain that part of the story. Uh, last call for one. Please change the name. <laughs> uh, speaking of titles, I fucking love this title. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I think, is the second best title that they're going to announce with this stuff. Uh Cumberbatch comes back as Stephen Strange. Scott Derrickson is back to re- to direct, which is great. Uh, as Josh mentioned, Scarlet Witch is going to appear in this movie. It's going to be connected somehow to WandaVision. Uh, releases in theaters May 7th, 2021. And I, I, again, maybe I'm missing it. This part of the, the stuff, maybe Josh, you saw it and I didn't. The I don't know if they talked about it on the on mm-hmm. the panel. Um, but I've seen the internet referring to this as Marvel's first horror movie. Yeah, so Scott Derrickson used those words himself. And okay. I welcome that because that is exactly what I wanted the first Doctor Strange to be. Um, mm-hmm. Because of Derrickson's background in making horror and sci-fi. Um, and as, after, after Doctor Strange, I resigned myself to... Because right before that... Like even us, like we've talked a lot about. Oh, it seems like you know Marvel's taking these and 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 they're kind of making their own flavor of like, oh, there's a political thriller with with Winter Soldier and there's a heist movie with Ant Man. And then I realized those are the only two we ever mention. 
<laughs> Those are the only two that ever kind of come up of like, oh, these like genre type within the genre. Um, they don't, they really haven't done that with anything else. And Doctor Strange had the ability to do that the first time around. And I was disappointed that it wasn't that way. So I sort of told myself like, okay, there's just going to be a certain way that these movies look. They're, they're going to be polished. They're going to be bright. They're just not going to be shot in certain ways. If Derrickson is saying that himself, I'm hoping they allow that to take a chance and actually become. Now, someone in the audience did shout out, make it, make it R rated. And Feige <laughs> actually responded to them. They said, no, it's going to be PG 13 and you're going to like it. <laughs> um, which can there be good PG 13 scary horror movies? Yeah, sometimes. Um, and in this realm, obviously no Marvel movies ever going to be rated R. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. I had a couple people text me when the the horror movie tone for Doctor Strange came out, and a couple people were like, "I feel like I brought this? that up." Uh, yeah, if it's, if it's horror, <laughs> you'll be fine. No, they're asking me. No, right? no, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, number one, yes, you're going to go see it because it's MCU. And number two, Marvel's making what they're calling a horror movie. It's going to be easily. Uh, yeah, I said digestible. it's it's guaranteed to be PG-13, so I will be there for that. If it was rated R, we'll we'll see. But <laughs> PG-13, I'm on board. I I do. I I hope they push it. I. I would really love a different tone, not only just for Doctor Strange, because a lot of what he has oh, yes. to utilize in that world could could lend to that. But also I, I'm I'm ready for a change of pace in their in their yeah. storytelling modes. Agreed. And I, I'm I'm surprised though, that if the first Doctor Strange was a May release or a November release. They are making this their summer, beginning summer tentpole movie. So yes. there must be something special about it that's going to happen or that by that point they expect people to think is is important enough to put it in that slot. I, I would say of what you said about it, Brian, most notably to me, the thing that stood out um, is the absence of of Chiwetel Ejiofor from the so far, yes. cast as Mordo. Um, mm-hmm. That strikes me as like, are they waiting to announce that? Or is he just not going to be in the movie and we're waiting another Doctor Strange movie before he turns back up? I imagine they're saving him for the the, the third movie. I, maybe. Um, it'll be interesting to see. He's going to be a damn good villain whenever they finally let him do it. Yes. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it, and now having to like pump the brakes on when I expect to see that uh, kind of disappointed me a little, but I'm okay with it. Um, as far as the horror movie tone, bring it on. I was so happy when New Mutants announced they were going to do that, and now that's gone yeah. into development hell, and I still... Well, release hell, yeah. Yeah, release hell, and I don't know why we haven't seen it yet and why nobody will just put it out there, because I want to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it sucks, I want to watch it. I watch bad horror movies all the time. It's, I mean, it's kind of part of the genre. Um, yeah. And for this case, yeah, I'm all on board if they actually make it a horror movie. Um. We shall see. I, I'm I'm tentatively excited for it to be a horror movie. I'm also half expecting it not to actually be a horror movie. <laughs> uh, Andy, what do you got? 
I'm wondering why Doctor Strange is going into the multiverse. And the only thing that I can come up with is um, he saw that that one chance in the billion to beat Thanos, right? So mm-hmm. he knows that, uh, I'm just going to throw this out there, that Black Widow was going to sacrifice herself to do this. Sure. So the only way that they can get Black Widow back at this point that we know is the puller from another universe. Okay. Pretty intelligent. Huh. Right? Okay. So, okay. So he and and obviously Wanda was pretty uh shaken up about losing her as well. You know, so maybe those two team up to try and pull Black Widow back into their, you know, universe. I don't feel like Doctor Strange was tore up about losing her. I don't feel like they ever really had an interaction. That's my only concern there. I was kind of thinking that, but also if, not to like poke holes at your thing, Andy, but since Black Widow is releasing before this, I feel like that plot point would have made sense if Doctor Strange would have come out, would be before the Black Widow movie and the release schedule. I here just hear me out on this. What if we find out what's really going on inside the Soul Stone at the end of the Widow movie? Just putting it out there. What actually happens to them? Yeah. Okay. How that like we find out more about process in some way. Something is revealed about what the hell actually goes on when you throw somebody off of that cliff and the Soul Stone just happens to appear after you awaken in a puddle. <laughs> That that'd be interesting. So, do, are are you saying you, there they could introduce the concept that those who are specifically sacrificed in someone else's pursuit of the Soul Stone have like a special uh, 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 plane of existence that they go to place in the universe? Yeah, something okay. the, something where like because to me, like if there is multiple universes, there is a multiverse going on. If that's the case, wouldn't it kind of be less significant to sacrifice just one version of that person? Perhaps if you sacrifice someone, you sacrifice them from all versions of them. Hmm. Okay. Like, once they're sacrificed, that's every version of them then either dies or is in so, that same moment. So you're saying this the, the Infinity Stones only exist in one Universe. No, I'm saying that the sacrifice obtain. No, we know this isn't true because Gamora shows up. Never mind, I'm wrong. Gamora shows up after she was sacrificed. <laughs> I'm wrong about that. Never mind. It's pointless to talk about. I'm just wrong. Well, maybe I don't know. She, I'll, I'll try to play devil's advocate. She shows up, but it's, it's. I would argue that it's her from the past. It's not yet her from another dimension. Well, this is the whole how their time travel rules work, and I'm under the impression that every time they jump is a different parallel universe. It's not going to the past. It's completely it's like they are tapping into the multiverse in their time traveling from Endgame. Yeah, okay. their their misconception about time travel is that they're actually traveling through time. What they're actually doing is traveling through dimensions. Mm. Yes. 
Gotcha. Which is why they go to great lengths to explain how complicated it is and how impossible it is. And then he finds a way to do it, but it's not actually time travel. It's something different. Okay. But then everybody comes back, so maybe... I don't know. Fuck. It... <laughs> yeah, this, this will turn into another 20-minute yeah, discussion of the time travel it. rules of Endgame. Um, first idea is interesting. <laughs> I want to see where they're going with it, how to do with the cinematic multiverse. And I'm curious how they sort of explain it without any of the Infinity Stones. Well... Like, is it just magic that gets him in and out of there, or what? Because the Infinity Stones seem to be the power that have tapped into that before. So, in the comics, I can explain this a little bit. Again, this is more of my knowledge from magic tapping into the realm of Limbo than it is Doctor Strange. But Limbo can do some really weird shit. Um, <laughs> is that the technical term? Well, that's the best way I can put it, is pretty much anything you can imagine <laughs> is technically possible to occur there there's entrances there's exits i'd say they that's a good way to think about it is oh wait no andy hasn't watched that season of clone Wars, so i'm not going to spoil that but you know what i'm referring to in rebels where there's entrances and there's exits and gotcha. okay there, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing goes on in limbo uh so we hit the timer any any last thoughts to get at for this one i'm excited that's a good last thought. I agree. Uh, all right, next one. We have uh, Loki, which was has also been previously announced. Uh, this is another Disney Plus series. Tom Hiddleston is back as Loki. Um, the, the press release all says is we will see the God of Mischief causing even more trouble starting in spring of 2021. So the details of this show are very few and far between. Also, I think we're led to believe this is the Endgame spinoff of Loki, where he takes the Tesseract and disappears. This is what happens to that version of that character in this universe and where where he goes from there. So, what do you guys think? I think a lot of people are going to be very happy when this comes (laughs) out. Because a lot of people (laughs) were so upset that he died. So, I think a lot of people were very much looking forward to this. I really like the character. I'm not as head over heels as some people are with Loki. I really enjoyed him as the villain. He was great, all that. But I'm more interested in what kind of shit he's going to fuck up for timelines in doing what he yeah. did. Well, he's in a, one of the multiverses, right? Isn't that how they're kind of explaining it away? Yeah. Yes. So he can't really fuck up any timelines. I mean, he still has the Tesseract from one of them. Right, so you could see, you you know, the alternate universe that they are in for that version of Loki, he could fuck up that timeline. Yeah. Or that that universe. Not the main one that we've seen play out through Endgame and all that stuff, but... Right, So, so that whole timeline there, just about anything could happen. Because if they don't control the Tesseract, God knows what he's going to do with it. Yeah, and because... I, at least with the Tesseract, I agree that because it's it's a space stone, but I don't think they would try to say that you can jump dimensions. No, it's basically teleportation. Time. Yeah, yeah. Like you could, you, you're, you're confined to that dimension, but perhaps theoretically anywhere in space existence I suppose with yeah. within that given dimension 
I'm, I just think there's a potential for a lot of fun to see him experiencing oh, yeah. different versions of things we've already seen in movies. Oh, yeah. You know, like, instead of it happening this way because he did this or that, it happens this way, and we get to see a little bit of that being weird or different or funny in some way. I wonder if it'd be almost like the like that second act of Endgame where you see our like the the main characters pop into other movies. If Loki just kind of does that in the series, that that's what I yeah that's kind of what I was thinking was something along okay. those lines yeah, or yeah. like the the credit scene of um, Deadpool two, like the, the yeah, end yeah, credit yeah. where they yeah. give him the time travel thing. <laughs> They're like, I don't think we should have done that. And you just see him popping up, changing shit. I think that could be. Interesting, because he can turn up anywhere in the timeline during the show, because we don't have to have a necessarily a finite timeline during his show. I think it's possible to have a lot of fun with that. Maybe he actually gets a chance to save his mom. Maybe. Maybe that's something he's he goes to do. he's not locked up in... Yeah. <laughs> and then what kind of shit does that change? Like Right. Yeah, you get the butterfly effect of all that stuff. Yep. Yeah, I think th- this one has the potential to be really fun, and I am excited to see. Just even just having Tom Hiddleston back as Loki in any capacity, I think is going to be cool. But I do think it's going to have a, a definitely like tongue-in-cheek type of humor to it, which I think could be fun. And I'm curious, like that version of Loki, I don't think has has come a, like, like that point of the the MCU timeline. He's he's still a villain. Oh yeah, slightly, slightly leaning towards hero. Like there's a little bit of like sprinkling of that in there before he finally comes around in like Ragnarok and, and I don't, I don't stuff. think there's so, any hero in Loki at that point. That's right at the end of the Avengers movie. Right. Right. But it, it, like there's conversations with him and Thor in that movie where it almost looks like Thor is breaking through, which makes me think there's something a little bit beneath the surface there. But I agree. If I'm picking hero or villain, he is a villain at that point in the storyline. I agree. So to see him get into some shit as a villain at that point, I think could be interesting. Um, I don't know. Anybody else got anything for this one? Just looking forward to more details when we get them. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Next one we got is the what if series, which is going to be an animated series in the MCU. It will star Jeffrey Wright as the voice of the watcher. Uh, many actors from across the MCU will reprise their voice roles or their, their roles for the voice talent. Uh, it will present alternate realities in the Marvel Universe that are set to warp your world in the summer of 2021, exclusively on Disney+. Plus. I could not love the casting of the Watcher's voice more. Um, he's <laughs> awesome. His voice is so great for that. Yeah. Um, and I'm just hoping the animation style is as close to Spider-Verse as we can get. I think it would be cool if each episode uh, had a different animation style. Like one, one looked Andy. like an oh, anime, cool. one was 3D, you know, one was cell block, uh, you know, just based, I didn't think of that. based on the stories that they're telling. I think they could, they can find uh, an animation style that would fit. Like if they're, like if it. they're doing an Iron Man, they could do like a 3D modeled animation or if they're doing, um, I don't know, like Doctor Strange, it would it would probably be like an odd, like Eon Flux sort of a thing. Or um, uh, if they're doing uh, Iron Fist, maybe it's like an anime with like the weird teardrops and all that kind of weird stuff. I'm on board yeah, with that I idea. Agree. I want that. 
uh, I'll present this question to you guys. Do you think we'd actually see any type of Spider-Man stories in this? Absolutely. Like, who owns the rights for that? Is Spider-Man a Sony thing? Are they going to let him be animated in the MCU? I, that, <laughs> right. We shall see. And I, I'm not going to try and figure out what they're going to play on that one. Because I actually think, I, th- I think it's at the point now where Sony owns live-action rights to Spider-Man. I think animation rights to Spider-Man are with Marvel. Marvel is, I think, supposed to be making their own Spider-Man animated series. Like, it's going to be Marvel's Spider-Man. So did Sony have to re-license Spider-Man back from Marvel Comics to make Spider-Verse? Yeah, Spider-Verse with Sony. See, that's considered, I think, a film... Yeah, see, I don't know where the fine print lies, because I think... There was animated Spider-Man on TV. Maybe it's the, the difference between film and TV. Okay. Since it was an animated film, it falls under Sony, but animated television is Marvel. Okay. That makes sense. So, so where does this so, one lie? Because it's Marvel Studios developing for a streaming service, which is technically like a TV show. Yeah, I, I, it's it's not a feature presentation though. So, I I would think that it would fall without knowing that ins and outs of the contracts and whatnot i would i would think they'd be able to use it if they're having their own animated shows because i know sony's trying to do like all their spider-verse spinoffs and stuff whether they're doing movies or yeah you know what that's because now i'm not now i'm second guessing myself because i thought i heard that they're trying to do like spider-verse spinoffs on tv with certain characters unless i'm getting my details mixed up yeah i'm I don't know. See, now I feel like I'm talking out my ass and I'm not sure I should have fact-checked all this stuff before I thought of the I question. Say my brain broke about 35 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't it, That's how I feel every time we talk about Spider-Man and I, where he fits into yeah, all this. Yeah, I don't shit. know that you would be able to fact-check a lot of that because we don't know like the ABCs of the actual uh, contract and stuff. So Well, I mean, I could check and see the the Mar- the Spider-Man animated series that I'm thinking of for for TV if that's a Marvel property or a Sony property, and if Sony is trying to develop Spider-Man's Spider-Verse spinoff stuff, if those will be features, or if there's going to be somewhere animated TV shows on something, and if they're both doing TV like that, then I don't know what the fuck's happening, but... Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was one or the other. I thought it was... I thought they were starting to get fine, like defined that way at one point. But... Again, with with a lot of the cars being in Sony's lap, I don't know what their plan is and how how you know what they let Marvel play with essentially. So I don't know. I'm I'm hoping we see that. I would love to see some Spider-Man stories and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I think you're gonna see a what if Loki won the battle in the original Avengers. Um, and be king of the earth or whatever the hell he would have proclaimed himself. Um, I think you might see something along the lines of what happens if the snap never happened. Like, what happens if they pull the glove off and they don't, you know, let it happen. Um, things like that, I think, is what you're going to see. They, they, there's a lot of what-ifs out there they could do. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking just but for I shits think... and giggles, do we want to go around and sort of give a suggestion of what type of what of stories we might I, see. I don't know if I have a suggestion about what type of stories, but I do think the what if series will be the first time 
Marvel will have a hand in X-Men or Fantastic Four stuff. Uh, that's a good poll, yeah. I See like it there it. before the before right. the movies. Because that's they, a really good way to incubate it. Right. They can they can be like, hey, look, this stuff is home now. We're gonna piss with it a little bit, and then we're gonna give you the actual stuff in the movies. Because nothing, because anything they do in there doesn't have to stick either. No, right? Because they're all one shots. It doesn't matter. Right. Uh give us what if Logan didn't die and bring Hugh Jackman back? <laughs> I was gonna say what if where Evans is still the Human Torch. <laughs> Oh, that too. <laughs> um, I the only suggestion I have coming to mind is, uh, either that Tony in the first Iron Man never gets hit with the missile; they never get attacked, or that like they miss him, so he gets away. He never becomes Iron Man. Uh, yeah. And maybe the alternative possibility going off of that is who was riding in the other car. Rody. So maybe somehow mm. there's a, a mix up of personality. Maybe something happens and Rody becomes Iron Man through some set of circumstances. He first. was in the humdrum V. But I, the, I, the, I, I the fun V you mean. No no no. Rody was in the humdrum V. <laughs> I know. But I think if you're gonna get that what if of somebody else being Iron Man, you're gonna get Hammer. Personally. Really? Yeah, I mean he's the other yeah, weapons okay. guy. The thing okay. going on, but it happens to Hammer instead of Tony. Same scenario, it just what if Hammer became Iron Man? Mm-hmm. So, have they confirmed uh, if they're going to use any of the superheroes that are in the MCU if we get the actors voicing said? They said a lot yeah. of people will be replacing okay, their okay, voice that's talent. Cool. Awesome. So that doesn't mean everybody, so there's probably some people they couldn't get. But uh, maybe we'll get, Josh, maybe we'll get uh, if Korg is worthy. Oh, damn. <laughs> or what What if the revolution were the first time? When... Oh, yes. <laughs> what printed if Korg enough printed, enough, yes. printed enough pamphlets? Yes. yes. Loki arrive on Sakaar and Korg is the ruler. Oh, <laughs> I want to live there. All <laughs> 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 uh, All right. Anything else for this one? Nothing. Alrighty. Uh, moving on to another Disney Plus series. This one will be Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner is back. This will introduce Kate Bishop taking up the mantle as Hawkeye. Uh, coming to Disney Plus in the fall of 2021. Oh, it actually think, said they're going to have her be taking up the mantle. Specifically, I, it does I kind of It says it will introduce Kate Bishop, which I'm and I think Renner kind of alluded to the fact that she's going to be Hawkeye. He said something along the lines of she's a better Hawkeye than me. Okay. So that's kind of where I'm thinking the show's going. I know. I just, I thought you were, when you were reading it off, it sounded like you were stating that's what they specifically had Yeah, said. I kind of, I threw that in myself. I'll, I'll okay. admit that. Okay. No, I just wanted to be clear about it, because a confirmation on that would be Yeah, that is not in the deal. official press release that I am basing this off of. That was my <laughs> interpretation. Well, yeah, I, I kind of figured, like, why, it's one of those things, like, why bother to include something like that if it's not going to happen? Yeah. Well, because she may become, you know, a hero, but perhaps, like, if she's be taking up the mantle of Hawkeye, that means he's stepping down and he's done. He's well, they officially also, going to retire. 
Feige did mention that we were going to get more Ronin in this show yeah. also. So in Hawkeye? Renner is Ronin, and she is Hawkeye. Mm, okay. Oh, oh, sorry. I was thinking Guardians of the Galaxy, Ronin. Ronin the Accuser. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was like, how How does that connect? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, when Hawkeye goes, it goes all killy-stabby on people. Uh, yeah, that's, I, that's yeah, Ronin. I, yeah, I figured it out. So who's, who is Kate yeah. Bishop? Um... That's his daughter, right? Aren't we getting that first allusion to yeah. that in Endgame? Okay. So the daughter he's training with the bow and arrow. Yeah, I believe the last be name Bishop. comes from whoever it is that she's eventually is what it was supposed to be in the comics, but I'm going to explain it in the movie. Okay. Or not in the in the TV show. That's that's, that's that's why I was a little confused. Does he refer to her as Kate in the movie? Because I don't think he does comes out on tuesday i'm gonna watch again so yeah (laughs) there's a moment when he's testing out the time travel piece and just as his alarm is going off and he realizes he's about to get sucked back he he tries to run back into his house and i've always because i think i've seen it three or four times i've always sworn he tries to call to her and Mm -hmm. uses her name but it's so loud and so quick that i couldn't be positive but I, I thought he did, and, and to be fair, I couldn't tell what he does call her, if he does call her by name. That's as far as I got, too. Yeah. After my six or seven <laughs> viewings of the movie, I'm in the same spot. You're, you're, you're the reason that it's number one. <laughs> I have done oh, yeah. my part. Actually, we should mention that, too, Josh. I meant to write that in my notes, and I forgot. Uh, the, the, it's fitting that the day that Marvel announces Phase 4 is the day that Endgame becomes the highest grossing film ever yeah which i thought was fitting and, so congratulations to avengers and endgame and the russos and marcus and mcfeely and everybody involved in marvel studios russo brothers if you listen to this please tell us about it <laughs> please let us know that you actually listen contact to us personally at bright guy and his super friends at gmail.com <laughs> just, yeah the email just, just we just don't leave check. a con twitter just, yeah just leave a con twitter and we will twitter twitter is preferable we yes. will um wet ourselves <laughs> yeah after i change my pants i will try to reply to you uh during that uh, announcement during the during the whole panel feige says um he, he tells the crowd and he actually i mean this was actually classy of him i think he said with inflation avatar is still winning and uh, um, yeah. and he even made a joke he said he's trying to tell everyone to buy more tickets well, number one yes um, but I thought that was classy of him to acknowledge that. Uh, but he also then made a joke, uh, like you know, congratulations to Cameron for holding you know the top two spots for so long, and you know, but um, as soon as he makes another movie, I'm sure he'll take it back. Yeah, and that's kind of what I mean. I think we're all underestimating what Avatar is going to do when these sequels come nice. out. I, I don't think we are. I've long held the stance that Avatar was artificially boosted by the new technology and the 3d ticket prices i've which i'm sure they're going to push again when avatar 2 comes out what new ticket yeah but it's it's not as much of a novelty anymore yeah that's what i'm getting at right but i feel like the people that saw that in 3d then are going to want to see it i think a lot of people have kind of cooled on the 3d because not that special and it's kind of annoying to wear those glasses i don't yeah i don't know i don't think i will i've I think it's going to be a test. I, I am curious to see what it does, because I, I do think... I'm with you. I think it's a fad that has 
run its course, and I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think Cameron and everyone involved with this movie is going to push it in 3D as much as humanly fucking possible. Um, and I think this that movie plays overseas a lot better than it plays domestically, and that's where the well, movie's going to be made. I, I don't disagree, but I don't I don't see it being what the first Avatar was, because Avatar was a phenomenon. The movie's good, but it's not great. Visually, it's fantastic, but it's not... It's it's basically Fern Gully. Yeah. That's what I keep saying, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Adult or Pocahontas, Gully. whatever you want to call it. And to always make sure we keep Avatar in check, it is not the number one all time on adjusted for inflation. That's gone with the wind, and it's going to be a long time before Gone with the Wind is toppled. Granted. But to Feige's point, it's still beating yes. Endgame with inflation. Yes, it is. It is. It is. But, yeah. But hey, so I, good, good for them while we can claim it. Yes, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I took a chunk of our time for Hawkeye to talk, to mention that. So back on Hawkeye. Well, what else do we want to talk about for Hawkeye? I have no idea where they're going to go with the story for Hawkeye. Right, yeah. I'm interested to see what that's going to be because I got no clue what they could possibly tell for him. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is at least something... I think at least I know I've talked about wanting to see is I was hoping a Hawkeye series would hit Netflix when they were doing all the Daredevil yeah. and, and Iron Fist and Luke Cage and all that stuff. So we are finally getting a Hawkeye series, which is nice to see Renner actually have something to do with this character instead of just sort of being supporting in all these movies. Well, so I want to see what he can do with the lead. And if you said they, they said there's going to be more Ronin, um, then perhaps this is what happens to him while like during the snap, like during that time. But if it's right. with Kate Bishop, she's but, not there. Well, we don't know that though. Maybe she's not actually his daughter in this one. Maybe he, that's not who he was training to shoot in the end game. Maybe she's somebody else. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say multiverse. Uh, yeah, we got that too. <laughs> that's just going to be the, the get out of jail free yeah, card. That's, for our, everything. that's our new divergent timelines. Catch-all <laughs> excuse for everything. Uh, Andy, anything else for Hawkeye? Um, I don't know. This this all takes place after Multiverse of Madness and WandaVision, correct? Uh, in the yeah, in the release. So, schedule, yes. uh, I mean, they could really they could do anything. Huh. Uh, that's that's exciting. Yeah, once they once they crack that open. God knows, you know, any direction. Right, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to, again, we're, we're at the wait-and-see approach. This is all speculation from our part, so... This this will be the episode we compare to two years from now and yeah. see what we got right or wrong for all this shit. Um, Alright, uh, second-to-last announcement. Um, this, this is my favorite title. Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> Uh, has Chris Hemsworth coming back, Tessa Thompson coming back, Taika Waititi returns as director, I think writing as well. The The press release only says director. Um, and he confirmed, Jane Foster will become the Mighty Thor, Goddess of Thunder. They're bringing back Natalie, Natalie Portman as Jane Foster. Uh, it will arrive, arrive in theaters November 5th, 2021. So I think this was something that was, I, I think we posted a couple of days before Comic-Con that it was rumored. I was waiting for some sort of official press release. Marvel said nothing, probably because they were saving the announcement for, for the weekend. Uh, we finally got it here. I, I think I can 
very easily speak for everyone in saying this is fantastic news and we're all very excited. I, I'm curious, though, as to exactly what size of money truck they backed up to Natalie Portman's house. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> because she... I think she probably saw Ragnarok and realized, okay, Thor movies are fun now and they're not as serious. I can deal with this. Because even her... like. She is her face is only on screen for about four to five seconds in Endgame, and that was just unused footage from yes. Dark World. So she was like she was never on set. She never did anything new personally for Endgame, and like to the extent that I think after around the time of Ragnarok, even like made a public statement of like I'm I'm done with these. I'm never going to be in these again. I'm happy about another Thor movie, I think, but after this long of an absence and the whole explanation over several movies of Jane and I are away, she's got important things to do, i.e. she doesn't want to be in these movies and or we don't have anything for her to do. Uh, and then we broke up and then that whole thing, like the aspect of her returning, whether she's going to be, you know, Thor herself or not. That's actually the biggest part of any of these projects that they have to win me back over. That's going to be weird for me. It's going to be eight years between Dark World and this movie. You mean just what, like, try to explain why she's back in this? Yeah, and, like, I hate to say it, like, why I should care about her again. That's going to um, be a challenge for me. First, if I had to guess, I'd say Natalie Portman wanted back in, and it had nothing to do with the amount of money they were willing to give her. She saw the money train that was the MCU, and she maybe wanted on board again. Possibly. Um, because when she the MCU, yeah, the Avengers movie was big, but the movies that she were in at that time were, meh, you know, they didn't make a ton. You know, Thor and Thor Dark World, neither one of them made a whole lot of money, comparatively to the rest of the MCU, comparatively to Hollywood. Yeah, they made a good bit, but... And since then, it has done nothing but grow exponentially. Sure. And I think perhaps she wanted back in on that, which I have no problem with. I have a problem with her leaving in the first place, but not with her wanting back in. Sure, come on back. Um, I think they're going to definitely have some kind of transformation when she picks up Mjolnir that's going to happen. Um, because Natalie Portman is going to be anything but intimidating, even with the hammer, because she is basically a munchkin. Um, of petite yes, stature. She is five foot two, <laughs> and she is extremely tiny. And in the comics, Jane actually is the same thing, and there is a transformation, and she becomes much bigger, which makes a whole lot of no sense at all, because that doesn't happen to Donald Blake and when he becomes Thor. Um, I actually read a little bit about her transformation in the comics, and she takes up the hammer of Thor while she has uh, stage three cancer, and every time she does it, regresses her in her in her cancer hmm which i thought was was pretty crazy interesting different okay also i think that uh taika is the reason that she's coming back i think he went out he sought her out he said this is my plan this is what i want to do i want to make you 
a fucking badass female Thor and, and he sold it to her. And I think that's the reason she's coming back. If not for Taika, I don't think we'd see Natalie Portman. That's just a personal Agreed. opinion. I'm with he, Andy just, on this. I he think I think rolled up, knocked on her door, and she's like, "Who the fuck are you?" And he was like, "I'm Taika. How you doing?" <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> that's that's all I got. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think there was. Uh, I, I feel like the first two Thors, I think, had trouble productions. I think the the early movies in the MCU almost feel like they were flying by the seat of their pants. Iron Man, Thor 1, Hulk, like stuff was being rewritten. They didn't know what to do. It was a little bit chaotic. I think that's kind of why Kenneth Branagh got turned off and didn't come back for Thor 2. If you remember, Patty Jenkins Jenkins at one point was attached to Thor 2. Yeah, she was the first. She was very close to Natalie Portman. They are friends. And then Jenkins backed out over, I guess, creative differences, if I remember. Mm -hmm. Um, which I also think rubbed Natalie the wrong way. And then that was another troubled production that they were scrounging for a director and trying to rewrite the script and add more Loki. And that was a mess also. So I don't think, I, I feel like working on those two movies was probably a headache. And I don't know if she maybe enjoyed them. She didn't have too much to do. So I can understand her not coming back from that. But to Andy's point, I think bringing Taika in, and again, maybe she saw Ragnarok and saw that that was a lot of fun compared to what she remembers working on the first two would be a good, good reason to come back. I wouldn't even be surprised if, like, her and Tessa Thompson are close. That maybe Tessa talked about working on Thor Ragnarok and, and convinced Natalie to come back. I could see that happening, too. So, yeah, that, those would be my reasonings, I think, for her bringing her back. Well, I, I, I think it's just got to be strong because the only other person who had an eight... Well, there's two, but who had an eight-year gap between appearances in movies was John Hurt as General Ross. And that was okay. only beat recently, spoilers if you haven't seen Far From Home, is the scientist character of Peter Billingsley. I think you guys talked about this in your review. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That was 11 years between appearances. So, but like, this is very few and far between for someone to be gone that long in that many chapters. So it's... it's Spoiler be... alert, somebody in the post-credits of Far From Home went even longer. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> I will give you that, yes. <laughs> I won't say the spoiler, but, but it's true. It Post is... credits from Far From Home. Yeah, we'll explain it after the show. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, um, like I said, I, I, I think it's got to be compelling. It, 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 it can't be lazy explanation. Uh, on something I noticed from their ad campaign, that if you guys don't believe me, you can ask Amy the next time you see her. But she and I discussed this long before they made this announcement. But they announced that Tessa Thompson was going to be playing the first LGBTQ plus character in the MCU. And right. the immediate thing I said, is, wasn't she already that in Ragnarok? Uh, because one is in Ragnarok and the character didn't just suddenly become this in between these movies. But also I immediately, sure. when like following the film, Amy and I were discussing it, and I knew then that she was in love with the blonde Valkyrie that we see die. They made her look at her a very specific way to make it very clear that that was a more than a friendship I believe, connection. I believe when we did the uh, review of Ragnarok, we had this very same discussion, in fact. But I think it was, it was intentionally left as more of a subtext and 
potential implications to the viewer, whereas this time around they're just blatantly saying it. Fair enough. To me, she was already that, is my is my only point. To me, she was already Agreed. there, that was already a thing before they made this announcement this time through. Yeah, because they, um, I mean, especially once they went, like, the small step in Endgame and having, you know, one of the Russo brothers play one of the council group members, you know, saying he was on a gay date. Um, like, at the, uh, the Hall H panel, I don't know if this was in the highlight reel, but Tessa said herself, you know, they phrased the question as though they started by saying, like, you've been, you know, the king of Asgard. Specifically, they call her the king. And she says, you know, so what are you going to do? You know, what's what's ahead for Valkyrie? And she says, you know, well, the first thing a king would want to do is find her queen. Yeah. So that's them just very black and white saying it, and you know, anymore instead of playing around with insinuations. Uh, yeah, so we'll, I don't know, I guess we'll, we'll see where this one goes. I think after Endgame, it was clear there was more to Thor's story. I think we all expected Thor 4 to happen, or at least have him maybe somewhat be part of Guardians 3, but now Guardians 3 got pushed, so maybe it'll, maybe it'll be the reverse of what we're thinking. Maybe the Guardians will show up in Thor 4 briefly and then go off to do their thing and we'll catch up with them in Guardians 3. Um, but yeah, there was, there was some unfinished business, I feel like, with Thor, so having him sort of come back around to what he wants to do, what he wants to find in his life. And if that involves coming back to Jane, I think that'd be a fun little way to sort of wrap that up. I'm curious. Oh, I'm at the buzzer. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's sort of where I'm at. I think, and again, I'd love this title. Love and Thunder, I think is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to just close with, I love the artwork associated with the title. The, 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 the logo, logo has yeah. like an eighties video game feel title to it. It looks awesome. Yeah. Just, just like the Ragnarok used to have all that kind of that font and stuff too. Yep. Same vein as that. Um, all right. So then the last thing they touched on in the panel after they go through all these other phases, uh, the movies and shows and stuff, and it was really kind of a throwaway thing. He brought Feige brought everybody on stage, um, and left them with, "Oh, we got one more person to introduce," and he brings out Mahershala Ali. And then they had this whole like Black Widow ball cap thing that everyone was wearing and he goes oh you know Mahershala you have a different hat let's let's see what you got on he puts on the hat the crack goes wild you can't read what the fuck the, the hat says so I don't know what they're cheering about I think about. They, they had a vid- big video screen and they, they could okay. see it better yeah because I was going to say eventually the logo comes up behind yeah. him but I didn't see it in that video right away uh, so they announced he, that he will be the new blade is which freaking brilliant one yes is awesome two He's already like this is this is the whole like maybe breaking Josh's between two worlds <laughs> thing because he's sort of kind of already in the MCU is yep. Cottonmouth, yep. but he is he's not the first to double up, right? But some of those other roles I think are minor enough that you can sort of forget the minor role that someone has had to be more of a yeah bigger presence. I, Cottonmouth is a big part of Luke he Cage. is, and the only way that I can break that a little bit is you could really really make a good case that really the netflix shows aren't are never really confirmed in any way to be part of the mcu continuity. they try to confirm themselves well, is, in i think in yeah. a couple cases but they are never confirmed by the mcu they're never referenced 
it's yeah, it's more of a slap in the face for all these Marvel TV properties that the Marvel Studios is like, yeah, we don't care about you. You do what you want to do. I think they wanted to at the beginning, and then they just didn't know what to do with them after that. I would agree to that. It's just it's the line of communication. I think again the same thing with like Endgame and and Agents of Shield. Marvel Studios needs to keep secrets. TV shows need to be in production and plan their season out long in advance. And it's just they don't want those secret secrets getting out at some some way somehow. And the more people that know, the more chance that that stuff leaks. So to just play it safe, they don't talk, and then you get stuff that just doesn't make sense if you're watching it all. True. Um, I'll say about this, this was my favorite announcement of the show, all of Comic-Con, my single favorite thing. I love the Wesley Snipes trilogy, um, the briefly run House of Cthon series that ran on television that had um, somebody else starring as Blade. I can't remember who that was. I cannot remember his name. Animated? Got me. I don't know. Sticky Fingers. Is who it was. Was uh, Blade. Really? Was it? Yes. Wow. Um, and I, I loved both of those. Uh, they, there was like one full season and they never came back with it. It kind of broke my heart a little bit. I was very upset by that. Um, I want to say that was on Spike TV back when that was still a thing. Is that still a thing? I don't know if it is, but I want to say that's what ran that. Yeah, it is not. Um, no. I don't do cable anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, I Blade is one of my top few titles. I love the character, love the story. Really looking forward to see what they do with him in this universe. I would have more... I think it would have been amazing if they had done it by not like, oh, having him put on a ball cap... If he had just come out in the costume, costume, oh my god! Even if it's on, even if it's on like oh, the yeah. final version, yeah. like maybe like the lights blink for a moment, he comes out on the stage. He's there in costume, just the teeth and sunglasses. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, just, just put him in sunglasses, <laughs> and then then when they announce him, have him smile. Yeah. Oh man, if he smile and wave, he had, like, come out. <laughs> If he had come out like even regular clothes, yeah. but like he had the sunglasses on, yeah. and then they wait for like the camera in the hall to do a close up on him. Yeah. He takes the sunglasses off, and you see like the red eyes, and then he it, smiles. And then he sm- All right, you guys are making a better reveal than what actually happened. He smiles, so. and you see Bl- the teeth. Like yeah, Blade had yellow badass. But sorry, <laughs> right, I'm whatever. I'm into Blade, but <laughs> yeah, that would have been an amazing way to do it. The ball cap reveal thing. That's like, isn't that like the way high school athletes announce what college they're going to? Like, <laughs> more or less. Yeah, yeah, he is a ball cap. But Feige loves his ball cap, so I get it. But think about these things. Marvel, marketing department, you're never going to listen to this, but if you do, we could we could set this stuff up for you. Already, <laughs> I, we're already expecting this is even posted. Feige later, right? <laughs> And the I thought Russo's. it was the Russo's. So I, I heard a rumor that actually um, uh, Wesley Snipes is going to be in this. I've seen him tweeting. Well, he was he was ca- trying to campaign himself to be Blade for a while. 
and then they yeah. announced somebody else. So he kind of took it in stride. Right. But, but I, I, I heard that he is going to be a, a mentor of some sort to Blade in this. Oh, that'd be fun. Hmm. Fun meta reference. I want that or not. Well, <laughs> fun fact, I believe um, Marvel Entertainment Studios, you can see as one of the um, opening credits things on the bottom of the screen in the first Blade movie. Yes, it was New Line Cinema, blah, 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 blah. Maybe that's part of the MCU and they just <laughs> never had to acknowledge it. I think that's reaching, but so maybe, we'll see. Oh, it's a big reach. It's a huge reach. I'm just stirring <laughs> up shit for nothing. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm sad we didn't get a date on that. On like, my guess is multiverse in the Doctor Strange movie. Um, being that it's horror, I guess that would be his easiest step in. But I'll be interested to see where he shows up and when. Yeah. Well, it's. It, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be his own movie. Is what they're. What this is, announcement is for. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see him before. That. Yeah, but once he's in it, I I'm really looking forward to seeing his melding with the rest of the MCU. Oh, you know, sure, like yeah. how he interacts with like the Avengers, or you know, any, any. I could see him and Wolverine getting some shit. Yeah. Some of the most interesting conversations I've seen happen in comics, in my opinion, are the rare occasions that you have Ghost Rider run into Blade. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Ghost Rider tries to judge him and tries to deal with him in that way, and Blade's just kind of like. I'm bad, but I'm good. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, it, and it, it never really turns out well for either one, and they just kind of always end up at odds. But they're fun team-up, too, when they have teamed up in the past. it's That's a good tandem. Him and Wolverine would be a fun fight, but he's just not... He, he's got some regenerative ability, but he's not keeping up with Wolverine. That's just... I'm not saying they have to fight. I'm thinking, like, if, even if they fight alongside oh. each other or even conversations that those two could have. Yeah. There's a lot of conversations I want to see happen in the Marvel Universe. And now that Blade's going to be <laughs> in it, it's just going to open up a whole bunch more. Like, pretty much Korg plus anybody, yeah. I'll watch that conversation. Like, anybody he hasn't talked to yet, I want to see Korg talk to. I want to see that conversation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But. Hmm. Um. Yeah, any any final thoughts for this one? Um, I don't think so. Pretty excited about it though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited to see where they go with this. This was this was an announcement I did not expect. This this was, this was a legit surprise compared to the other stuff that was announced. All the other stuff was either we've heard about, they've sort of talked about, was rumored, made sense that it was coming out. Um, but this one to me came out of nowhere. So this was, this was a big surprise. Yeah, this was, I guess that's part of the reason why it was the best of the convention for me is because it was a huge surprise. I never expected them to go back to blade. Yeah. And I think even Feige mentioned it on stage. Some, he said something about like, well, the internet didn't see this coming or didn't get this guess right or something. And then brought Marsh Mahershala out to, to talk about blade and stuff. So that was, that was kind of yeah. cool. Uh, 
All right, so I think that wraps up our all the Marvel stuff we had to talk about. Uh, a couple last things. One, Mike sort of already answered this question, but favorite announcement from the stuff we covered. Well, even if it wasn't the stuff we covered, but favorite thing that came out of Comic Con for uh, the Blade announcement. Okay, so you're on, yeah. you're on board with Mike. Yeah, I'm not going to change my answer. It's the same. <laughs> uh, Josh? Um, I don't think I had something that was non-MCU that topped any of those. There was some cool stuff that they showed. Um, I really? Think I, I thought you'd, you'd have been all over the Jay and Silent Bob thing. I, I That's true. I mean, not that I wasn't. I think I still... Because I follow him weekly on everything, I don't associate it just <laughs> with that. Um, by default, yes, I guess that. Um, I guess then out of everything else that, you know, the con provided, uh, it definitely falls to the MCU. And I, I don't know, I think I'd, I'd either say maybe uh, either Black Widow or Doctor Strange. Okay. Yeah, I think... Uh... I, I kind of expected Thor 4, so that wasn't as surprising to me, even though I'm looking forward to it. I think the the one that I think holds my attention most, and I'm really just curious to see what they do, is Doctor Strange 2. I want to see what Multiverse of Madness is. Um, so, I mean, secondly for me, I think the, the Top Gun trailer still, I can't stop thinking about the shots that they get in that trailer. So I'm I'm that one still kind of blows me away, just the trailer. So I'm curious to really see what the movie is um yeah lastly i think uh andy did you have something else you wanted to talk about quickly? uh the only thing i wanted to add was that there was an archer panel at san diego comic-con and they're bringing archer the show back for an 11th season and if you've been following archer the past three seasons have been um him in uh, a coma <laughs> um, so, so they, they deal with like, there was danger Island and then there was uh dreamland. And then there was, um, uh, I think there's a space one or something like that. And, uh, season 11 will be Archer waking up from the coma. So you're going back to like the actual okay. spy <laughs> show stuff now, okay. which I'm pretty pumped about. So it gave them a couple seasons just to play around and do whatever right. they want. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I used to... I feel like I watched the first couple of seasons and then kind of fell off, but I, not that I didn't like the show. I just kept forgetting to watch it or DVR it or something. And It's a very good show stuff, if, you, if you ever get the opportunity. I don't know if anybody else watches it, but I try to keep up to date. Yeah, it's enjoyable. I'd, I'd recommend it if you're, if you're curious. Um, Alright, so I think that's probably about it for our Comic-Con stuff. Um, and even though Comic-Con wrapped up Last weekend, we did our best to cover all the stuff we felt was interesting. Uh, we're still seeing trailers drop after this weekend. Even today, we got a trailer for Zombieland 2, uh, which we debated if we were going to try to fit it in, giggity, uh, in this episode. Uh, we decided we're going we're gonna to maybe tease it for next time. So at the very least, uh, we're going to hang on to that. We'll try to talk about that next episode. Cause, so consider this your, your cliffhanger uh, for the next one. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. You can leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show. As always, you can find us on Facebook, search Bry Guy and Super Friends, or go to facebook.com slash Bry Guy Super Friends. Uh, you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. 
You can email us to the address I don't check, Superfriends at gmail.com. Russo's, I'm talking to you. Or tweet us on Twitter at BGSuperFriends. Those we will see. And on behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time.